0: You on a truth journey outside the Matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is UFO not Radio with Jesse Randolph and Christopher J. Brown.
1: Only on PSN Radio.
0: Monday Night UFO, UFO, UFNOT Radio, where else would you want to be on a Monday night in this cold and rainy, wow, start to our December coming up here, Jesse Randolph at the mic with my trusted companion, producer, editor extraordinaire, the angel of ufology, Mr. Angel Espino, we both welcome you to UFNOT Radio. A show that takes you on a truth journey outside the Matrix every Monday night. Angel, welcome to the program. How are you? President Accountant counter Jesse Randolph. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'm excited about the guests tonight. I'm excited to tell the audience about the guests tonight. Yeah. The the- the- here's the theme for tonight, Okay. I want to make sure I get it right, the actual term, because I keep calling it artificial and it's not the proper term, although it's the same thing. Check this out. Think for a second, kids. The future, technology. You know, we sit around as kids and read about psychokinesis. We read about mental telepathy. But what's really the transhumanistic viewpoint of what this will be in the future, if you look at it, It makes perfect sense that it would be something called synthetic telepathy. Yes. Actual artificial, which is what I've been calling it all day. Synthetic telepathy? Yes. Imagine that our government or clandestine folks out there could actually create gadgetry that could somehow sink to certain people that they've – I don't know. Maybe they've taken. Maybe they're willing participants but in essence let's say you were a soldier on the battlefield now you have okay the thoughts you have the words right in your brain you're hearing it just like a person in your head this is synthetic telepathy i could be talking to you jackal while you're working at the dealership i'm here in the in the bunker doing my thing and i could say to you i am so hungry i really want a And I wouldn't even have to utter a word. You would just hear that in your head. What do you think of that?
1: Well, that's kind of like having a Wi-Fi chip stuck in your head um, that allows you to Skype automatically. I mean...
0: Yeah, a, so to speak. But, but think it's like about it. Sending, sending instant messages like through your mind. Right, but it goes a little deeper. And that's where our guest tonight, Miss Solaris Blue Raven, Solaris Blue Raven will talk to us about what this synthetic telepathy really is, because there's a very, very... Fascinating, though. It is. is, I never even heard of it until I watched a video of hers recently. And she has this story, and I don't want to talk about the whole story, because I don't want to blow it, but there is a connection here of why I wanted to bring her on tonight. And it correlates with her story, and myself a little bit. At least I can identify uh, certain things about her story, and I don't think she knows this. So I, in fact, I'm sure she doesn't. So that'll be fun coming up later in the show. Miss Solaris, Blue Raven, and I am I'm just excited that she uh, not she didn't come up with this term because if you do your Googling, kids, you're Googling uh, for synthetic telepathy, you're going to find stuff from Harvard University on this shit. So, coming up later in the hour, we'll bring her on. Now, lots to talk about, Mr. Angel. Um, First thing I wanted to bring up... Yeah, lots this week. Lots of ufology news, kids, knocking on your door because it's a new era. And sure as heck, last week we talked about this, you and I, and we said Stephen Bassett, he's got to come up with a new narrative now that... Yep, Hillary Clinton is not going to be our president. The or is she? Dun dun well, dun! Latest or is she? Uh, latest
1: breaking news: uh, She's joining the uh, whole little uh, march over to uh, Jill Stein and uh, you know helping her out with this recount thing. Uh, apparently, uh, she thinks that if she wins these certain key states that she lost, that she would win the election. But the thing is, she conceded already. So once you concede, that's it. It's done. It's over with. So yeah,
0: I, I, I concur and I don't want to dwell on it too much. But the point being is that Bassett has to change the story now. Uh he has to come That's up with true. a yeah. solution, right? Because yeah. she is no longer going to be the disclosure president. Not
1: only so, that, Podesta doesn't look too good right now with the whole email scandal either, uh, considering they're they're linking him up to that pedophile, uh, Joey Joe Epstein or whatever his name is, and the uh the Lolita Express and the pedophile island and all that stuff that they're linking the Clintons and uh, and Epstein to. So he's not looking too good. If you want to have somebody be your disclosure uh, party movement people, I don't think they're the ones you want to like actually be those people.
0: I mean, you know... Well, that's, that's, that's a, not where he's steering the... Well, hold on, because that's yeah. not where he's steering the ship right now, okay? Where he's steering the ship right now is on YouTube. If you want to go there and check it out, you can do that. There is a new interview... Just as I wanted to find it, and sure as hell, doing my 2 o'clock in the morning YouTube searching, I found it. And there is a new Bassett interview for you Bassett junkies. Angel, you're going to want to watch this later. Definitely. And it is conducted by Mr. Jaime Musan. Oh, uh, Jaime Musan. Oh, you favorite. cannot. Uh, I he's, mean, it's he's not my fair. favorite. <laughs> you can't do Jaime Musan. There's only one person who should be able to do. The this
1: is so real. Let me tell you, Mister Jeffrey, <laughs> Randolph Singer, DC Alien, right here. This is real.
0: He was. He was. He's really good. Uh, he's very soft in this interview. But and, and Bassett, as you know, usually uh, monopolizes the conversation. So um, Jaime doesn't really say very much. He'll, it, like you said, he'll kind of do is. Do you think uh, we'll have disclosure uh, with a new president that you didn't think would be there? You know, that kind of thing. And, it was, you know, right. good questions. <laughs> so this is what I wanted. If you go, uh, I don't know where you'll find it. Do your own digging. I'm not posting links. Uh, if someone in the chat room wants to do that, well, thank you very well, much.
1: link it to me, if anything, I'll link it in the chat room. Or,
0: I don't or have it. I really, I really don't save these things. Well, I'll, like, I'll look it up real quick, and I'll uh, validate if it's the one you're, you're talking about.
1: Yeah, he's kind of
0: in this beach scene outside in the daytime. It's kind of
1: cool. Oh, we're in the beach with Mr. Stephen Bassi. I don't know
0: what conference they were <laughs> at or if they were in Latin America. I assume that they probably are. So, uh, But that's just my assumption. It could be Laughlin for all I know. Was it on so, YouTube you saw this? Hey, we got to move on. There's a lot of talk about here. All right. Uh, YouTube, right? All right good. Yes, YouTube. All right. Also, you're going to want to bring this one up too, kiddies. If you're a ufology junkie like myself, like the man to my right, you're going to want to check out this new Stephen Greer lecture about Carol Rawson's warning from Von Braun and how the hoax is imminent, basically. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, Carol Rawson, of course, a member of the Disclosure Project. She's also known for being the assistant... 2, 1, Werner Von Braun. And if you don't know who he is, then Ooh, you better do some yeah. Googling. Yep. Now, Werner Von Braun, as you know, through Project Paperclip, came over. They put him up in New Mexico. They got him set up with his whole team. He took a bunch of Germans over here. They're probably, I would say, you know, at least half responsible, if not more, for the Apollo program, the technology, the know-how. Because, as uh, you know who puts it really, really well, uh, Joseph um, Farrell, he talks about how the Nazis didn't have any rules. They didn't have any morals. They didn't have any threshold that they had to stay within. And because of this, they were able to move at a much faster pace technologically. And there's some other things involved as well. We'll have him on the program to discuss that one day in the bell and etc. But this is this is really interesting because what Carol Rossin says, the assistant to Von Braun, before he dies, he talks to her. And this is a pretty straight up lady, straight shooter. Uh, she talks about how Von Braun said that there will be an alien threat and it will be a hoax. And this is a guy saying this pretty much, uh, I don't know. You know what? Forty years ago, if, if not more, so that's pretty amazing. And sure as hell, she's kind of gone with this story over the years that this is going to happen. And well, isn't this kind of, up isn't up the same kind of rhetoric
1: that uh,
0: William Cooper was saying
1: back in the '70s and '80s? That uh, in early '90s, that an alien uh,
0: invasion was going to be hoaxed by the government. I mean, that's a uh, hold a pale horse. Yes, I I believe, you know what, I'm not totally sure, but I think I know what you're talking about. And she's definitely not the only one who has proclaimed this, okay? But the quality of the messenger is oh so high, right? So that's where it becomes interesting. Whereas uh, Bill Cooper had, uh, to a lot of people think, uh, he had a lot of mental problems, so... We don't know where he was getting his information. Maybe he was just thinking it up. You know, He could be like an L. Ron Hubbard. Because Pale Horse is a great book, but it might be total fiction. Either way, that's another discussion. The point is, is that this new lecture is like two and a half hours long or something. Maybe even longer. And I love that these are coming out now. There's a whole bunch of new Greer stuff on YouTube. And I love listening to him because... He's so arrogant, and he's uh, so, you know, arrogant's not the right word I want to say, but he's so confident. That's a better word. Well, (laughs) but he is well-spoken, obviously. He's long-winded, absolutely. But so is every other prolific speaker that we love oh so dear. Um, uh, You know, you go to a a David Icke lecture, and it ends up being 4.8 hours long. I'd you like know. to go
1: drinking with David Icke, actually. I'd like to go have a couple of brewskis with, uh, with
0: Icke. David Icke looks like he likes to go drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure he does. Uh, there's actually
1: YouTube videos of him getting, like getting pissed drunk. It's pretty funny.
0: Oh, I bet. You know, if you watch the early videos when he was ridiculed in England, it's really hardcore. He's in this, like, jumpsuit on a talk show, proclaiming that he's the second coming of Christ and stuff. I mean, it's yeah, heavy-duty stuff. Yeah. But, some of that. I mean, he is a perfect example of someone who has really stood his ground to a certain degree and he's pivoted really, really well because he's quite popular. Um, He still has plenty of tough times and he looks like he lives pretty humbly, uh, which is awesome, but not an easy road that he travels, that's for sure. He has problems everywhere he goes from what I see and from what I read. So. Uh, you know, that's a that's a whole nother discussion about how these sort of fringe researchers, these fringe people that I thought no one would know about. And now people know about these people, uh, like someone who really broke through this election cycle, who was Alex Jones. And Alex Jones was somebody that I didn't think anybody knew anything about uh, up until a couple of years ago. And all of a sudden. He's on every network being mentioned. He was mentioned by folks running for president, candidates, mostly because they hate him. But that's not the point. He's relevant, just like we want to make ufology relevant again. And some people take that the wrong way. I put it out there as a challenge. Um, Well, you know what what I find funny about Alex Jones was – Uh,
1: Years ago when Bush was in office, he was very anti-George Bush, anti-Republican, anti-establishment. You know, he was uh, very independent. Uh, Then Obama went into office and he was very anti-Obama, anti-Democrat, anti-you know, that kind of establishment. In this election cycle, it really felt like he was completely 100% behind Trump. I mean, if you look at all the videos and stuff, he was supporting Trump from the beginning pretty much. That was like his candidate was, uh, was Donald Trump. Which is kind of funny, because I didn't picture him as a Republican or Democrat. But it turns out he was, he's definitely more Republican than anything. He even got into a fight with, I don't know if you watch this channel on YouTube, the Young Turks. I, I
0: sometimes do watch Young Turks, and I did see the fight you're mentioning.
1: Yes, they got into like a big old scuffle, and uh, I mean, it shocked me. But I'm not shocked that he got disinvolved. With this election cycle, and that people know him, I mean, a lot of folks know who Alex Jones is. A lot of folks, but they th- they think of Alex Jones as just some you know lunatic on the internet trying to stir up people's emotions to get them to like do crazy things and uh you know maybe cultist type of dude. That's really what people I think most most people think of Alex Jones. Uh, but this election cycle, he really went you know main right and just started like you know really like showing his true colors. I think.
0: I also think that because it's such a strange election cycle that uh, the fringe folks are having an audience. They're, the what-ifs are here. Oh, I mean, yeah, we yeah, can't, completely, we yeah. You can't yeah. see anything more strange than what we've seen this year. Well, but, yeah, but, look what, we kind of with, but look what happens with the WikiLeaks and stuff. When you have stuff like that coming out, I mean, conspiracy becomes fact now. Conspiracy can become fact and it doesn't have to be some strange section i used to remember going to barnes and noble or borders where you would ask one of the clerks in fact my fiance used to work at borders back in the day and you'd say excuse me uh can you tell me where there's books about uh ufo's and uh that sort of stuff and they'd say oh yeah that's in the um the fantasy section and i always thought that was funny mm, but that's yeah. not really you know, you never know where you'd find that section. You're not going to find a science section. You're not going to find an engineering section. They do have a spiritual new age, new science section now that's better. Uh, moving right along, because we've got to get through these news items, and there's some good ones still. Now, Jackal, have you heard anything about this? Uh, Jesse Marcel's grandchildren are doing their own investigation now? Uh, no, but it doesn't shock me. Yeah, and in fact I, I don't even remember where he saw the tidbit. Somebody help us out here. But apparently uh and I was hoping his his, his lineage there were people there that might kinda of pick up the story and run with it. Well, I mean just...
1: I know Jesse Marshall the Third, um I've talked to him uh, several times off air and on air I've had him on a few of the shows. Very nice guy, very, very, very nice guy. Uh-huh. He was work he was working on an aircraft, uh which is supposed to be like a, a car plane hybrid and uh or a flying car basically and uh last i heard he was like halfway into like actually making the uh the, the first demo which is okay. like, a small model demo and then of course they will upgrade to the bigger and bigger models uh so he was trying to gear up money for that that's the last i heard that was uh maybe eight months ago nine months ago but i mean i can get him on the show if you uh, want to talk to him about uh, this project
0: yeah i think we should get him on because uh yeah. i, I want to know I mean like Roswell obviously is is such an important historical case and mm-hmm. having been out there myself and gotten to see where it went down it's so cool but at the same time I really don't want another book about the same stuff and so right. being able to talk to somebody like him would be amazing. You know what I mean? So Definitely, yeah. That would be super great if you could assist. You know you know it's similar as when I got to um interview Colonel Corso's son. Mm. And that's a tough guy to get on the horn. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah. You, know, I, it's, it, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, some of the guests we have on here, you know, they don't necessarily want to be on. We sort yeah. of kind of have to gain their trust. You know that because you do it all the time. Mm. Um, so, you know, the same kind of thing. I had a gain his trust. It was a great interview. It's still up on YouTube if you guys ever want to check it out. Um. New Guard Network is the place to go for that, and I'm sure somebody knows where to go for that. But if you do a search, you'll find my channel, which is the New Guard Network, and you can watch all this stuff.
1: By the way, I found the video with Jaime Musan and uh, Steve Bassett that you're talking about, where he's sitting uh, in front of like a, I guess it's a lake or uh-huh. or a pool or some sort. With a black fence in front of it, okay. and there's a tree There's a tree right behind them. I'm have yeah. up the setting here. Uh, Steve Bassett looks like he hasn't shaved in days. He looks beat up, man. Like he, this is yeah, like yeah. something tough
0: on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really good point. I, I forgot to mention. That. But yeah, hey, he, he looks.
1: Yeah, he looks like he really. Like, he, he's taking it hard.
0: Well, he's usually <laughs> really well dressed, etc. I know. So.
1: I know. That's am yeah. shocked.
0: You're right. You're right. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mention that because I didn't want to call him on it. But that's cool. That's something. You know. That's what we do here. Um, couple more items. You know know what it reminds
1: me of? That's a good job. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, The scene from Anchorman when he's walking around in the streets with his beard, like, hanging out. And he's like, Milk was a bad choice. Like, he's a week away from that.
0: You think he looks like Anchorman? Because that's... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love Anchorman. I'm a huge Anchorman fan. Uh, Anything with Anchorman I was a fan of.
1: Milk was a bad choice.
0: Yeah. I like... My favorite part of that movie is when... uh, his dog the guy throws his dog over oh yeah 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 that's pretty
1: awesome
2: uh
0: moving right along here like a freight train uh i wanted to talk to you about sean morton for a second angel uh sean morton has a radio program i think Uh, he calls it dark matter or something i I can't how many people have the radio show called dark matter (laughs) <laughs> I, I really think... No, no. his is called Strange Universe or something. And, and it's so funny because that's, that's a show that we know from the amateur days. Yep. Okay, so it's really bizarre. Uh, but anyway, he claims that he has the number 10 show on the web right now as far as rankings. Yeah. Uh, I heard this. I was listening to Dr. J. Dr. J. Uh, Who, by the way, I've become uh, kind of a fan of uh, recently because I I really like his energy and I like some of the guests he has. He gets great guests. So I've always been a fan of Sean Morton because I like listening to him speak. I think he's actually very intelligent and he has a lot of really cool stories. He was one of the pioneers of Area 51, whether or not people like him or not. He was that guy. He was one of the top guys in the research of that. And a host of other stuff. But then he's had some legal problems, and I think people uh, really kind of jumped all over him about it. And I don't really know the details, but I can say there's a big difference between having financial uh, litigation or things of that nature uh, and some of the other things we've seen people get accused of. Hence, uh, let's let's remember the word accused – and, you know, I don't. I just think that he, he gets a bad rap for that. I actually enjoy listening to him. I think he's a good radio host. So if you guys want another option, if you ever get sick of PSN for some reason, I don't know why you would, but uh, you can go check out Morton. He's pretty good. And I know I'm going to get so much fucking flack for that. It's or so not. Funny. I hope not. <laughs> it's just silly. Okay, last thing I've got, I think, unless something else comes up, is uh, The Arrival. Uh, Again, something that should be spoken about because here's a movie that's all about our subject, friends, The Arrival. And it is the top, probably grossing film right now in the country, I think. And it's all about contact. It's about them, they, whoever they are, coming here, landing, and how we... Communicate with them. How we figure out a way to have uh, a conversation about well, what they're let me doing. Correct, let me correct you on that.
1: It's actually number four. Is it number four? Yeah. Oh well, I guess I was trying to hype it. Yeah, it it'll be the number five. So what's, the, what's, num-
0: what's number one?
1: Uh, Moana.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know that film. And last week was the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Well, speaking of films while we have it up here, I would not Okay, I, I don't wanna say I don't recommend this film because everyone who likes ufology should see it, obviously. If you're interested in the subject, you gotta go see this film. I mean It uh, looks really good. I'll give you that. It looks yeah, really, really good. It was a, it was a disappointment, I have to say I, I gave it low That's marks cool. only, only because uh when you see it I think you'll see. It's 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 quite slow. So Um, go there. Is is it
1: anything like the Charlie
0: Sheen arrival movie that came on years ago? Anything like that at all or no? It's it's more in the vein of contact, but it's not even anywhere near as good as contact. Ah. The pacing is bad. The payoff is not good. And when you walk away... Like, you remember Prometheus when you walk away from the film with so many questions? Yep. Yes, that's what it's like. And to me, that's a failure of a film, because I don't want to walk away with that many questions. I don't want to I go... I like Prometheus re- a lot, John. What's that? Did I really like Prometheus. That was a hell of a movie. I, I love Prometheus, but you really could watch that movie, and I guess it's a good thing, but you could watch it about three or four times and still not really understand what the heck they're trying to get across to a certain degree. Um, and that's okay. But with this film... It didn't have the payoff that I wanted and it didn't connect the dots. In fact, uh, the gal that I was with at the film said to me, you know, it just seems like it was edited and they didn't put it back together properly. And I kind of understood that. So uh, I have to give it thumbs down, but you got to see it. If you're in ufology, go see this film. It's all about us.
1: It has, uh, it stars um, Amy Adams from uh, Men of Steel when I first it? saw the. Yeah, okay. that's, the, that's the main girl. When I, she plays Lois Lane in, in Men of Steel. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, is she being typecast now as the the chick who hunts aliens? Because it really, like, when you watch the cinematography, especially of The Arrival, it almost felt like you were watching Men of Steel without Superman. Okay. And, there's, yeah. and there's, there's scenes where she goes. I don't know if you remember the movie Men of Steel, where she's where she's uh, interacting with the government and she's trying to figure out what this UFO is and this and that. And she's talking to all the government officials about this alien ship. It's almost like they just like somebody was watching Men of Steel. and They're like, I have a brilliant idea. Let's take a little piece of Men of Steel and make an entire movie out of it without Superman, and huh. use like that girl.
0: Well, she's quite good in the film. It's, uh, she's just good in a lot of things, though. She's a really she's good, she's good actor. Yeah. So, no, no, I like Evans a lot. The effects are quite good. Uh, there's one... Uh, the, com- the way that the aliens communicate in this film... And the, these aren't spoilers. The way that they communicate is with their appendages, which are almost kind of octopus-like, and they Ooh. expand. Uh, but what they do is they release this sort of ink that almost looks like squid ink, and it forms in their sphere, uh, symbols. And that's how they communicate. That's their language. And that effect that effect goes on throughout the entire movie because this gal is continually having to try to figure out for the rest of the world, basically, why these beings are here. Because they didn't come down and, and say hi. They didn't do anything. So that's the basis of this movie, which creates a really cool movie. And... A lot of drama, but I think they just dropped the ball, unfortunately. So anyway, that's my tip for that. For horror movies, for all you buffs, because you know I am, I got a good one for you. Uh, This I did catch on Plex, I believe, if you were able to get down to one of those. (laughs) Or visit a red box, I doubt you'll find this film. But if you can look it up, Train to Busan, that's Train to Busan, This is a brand new Korean horror movie. I believe it's about a year old, if that. And it is fantastic. If you want an action horror movie that does it differently, where you're going to wonder how they pulled off half the things they did in this film. Think of it as a crouching tiger, hidden dragon, with zombies and a terrific storyline. And most of it happens on a train. Wow. Does that sound? Does that sound awesome? That's
1: mind blown right there.
0: Like yeah, I'm to picture that in my mind.
1: Awesome, I swear. I'm picturing so it in my head right now, and I see
0: it. I just blew me. your mind. Mind blown. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Train to Busan. I really highly recommend this film. Gotta uh, so watch You got really? to. I mean, yeah, I mean, horror movies are a very sacred thing for me, and I do watch way too many of them, perhaps, but most of them aren't that good you know so you have to be in a different mode like laughing this movie didn't have to do that you didn't have to adjust and before uh, we go right. on break here because we got break here in a minute yes. uh i wanted to say that i was watching the
1: movie uh it follows and uh i know you've seen it and uh speaking of cool. horror movies
0: highly recommended very good movie it's a fantastic film i highly yep. recommend it's very retro it's a great yep. film and it, it's got this vibe that 70s vibe And a great story, too. It's a really creepy movie. So I'm with you. All right, with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by our prestigious guest, somebody that I've been wanting to talk to. And I'm going to explain this strange sort of synergy. Uh, And I think that – I don't know if that will be a good thing or a bad thing, but it just is what it is. And I think that's how we'll probably take it. But Solaris Blue Raven coming up after the – I'm excited. We're talking – about super soldiers and I know you're going to get an idea of what a super soldier might be but you know what, I think there's a lot of things that super soldiers can be and we're also going to be talking about this artificial, what she coins as synthetic telepathy and covert technologies and a lot of stuff that's probably going to blow your mind. Coming up after the break, UFO Radio, Jesse Randolph, Angel Espino, Don't Go Anywhere.
1: And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
0: Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman, from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com That's 954-973-3374 Or visit KeyInformation.com Sunday night, PSN Radio, Jesse Randolph on the mic with Angel Espino uh, To my right, of course, the angel of ufology, welcoming you back. I hope you had a chance to relax, grab a cup of Joe or some tea, because our guest tonight is going to talk to us about something that really blew my mind last night at about 2 in the morning. That's sometimes when I do my best thinking with my cat at my side. I think I just sounded like Art Bell with the whole cat Mr. Thing.
1: Bigglesworth. That's I'm sorry. Word. I'm not going to go there. I'm
0: a, I'm a dog guy, I swear. Mr. Any Bigglesworth. Good. Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> Our guest tonight, I'm really excited about because we're going to be talking about mostly what I think is something I, I, I don't understand how it hasn't been on my radar. With all these interviews I've done throughout the years, and the term synthetic telepathy has never even come up, really. I mean, sure, with some of the remote viewing cats, perhaps, but never that specific term. And with that, I'd like to give a warm welcome for her maiden voyage on the UFANOT radio, Miss Solaris Blue Raven. Welcome, Solaris.
2: Thank you, Jesse. Nice to be on board tonight. Thanks for yeah, having me.
0: Hi. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, great. Are, are you calling in from New York?
2: No, no, Colorado.
0: Oh, OK. For some reason, I thought you were in New York. <clears throat> i'm
2: in me. I'm in the Rockies
0: uh, and, oh, and wow. where did you grow up?
2: Well, in many places, so I can't say I was East Coast. I was mostly Texas, actually. so
0: okay, so okay. let's 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 get into this. I mean, look, folks, if you haven't checked out any of Solaris stuff, she has YouTube videos. she has uh, I happened to watch one last night, uh, an older interview that she had done with Carrie Cassidy. From project camelot if you want to check it out that's of course easy to do because you know the hub but we'll give out all the links etc you're going to have to take this in increments this is a very complicated story and what i'd like to do tonight is really sort of set the stage but the thing that i want to get out of the way first is sort of the elephant in the room for this story for me and it's the whole um issue and experience that you had with the band the rock band mm-hmm. okay so i wanted to go there first if we could just so we can kind of go through that and then move on to some of the technologies is that okay sure yeah absolutely okay so i'm going to set the stage you're going to tell us you're 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 this person working you're living your life you're a writer you do healing you're you're very uh aware person spiritually correct Absolutely. Right. And then. I was muted. From, go ahead. Okay. And from what I gather, and then I'm going to give you the mic here, I'd like you to take over.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: from What I gather, something very strange happened to you when you did some correspondence with a rock band. Correct. Okay. I, I'm, I'm stepping aside here. Tell us what happened.
2: Okay. Well, you have to go back to 2004. And, and at that time, as you were saying, I had a background uh, teaching martial arts and doing healing work, and also I was a land surveyor with my husband at the time in Superior, Colorado. So uh, what happened was that when I was teaching a martial arts class, I had a, a kickboxing student come up to me after class, and he was we were playing some Rush music for whatever reason they were on, and, and he came over, and he was mentioning to me that Neil Peart had had a tragedy and, and that he was really, really sad what happened to his family. And, and if I back up the truck a little bit for the listeners here, I had originally had correspondence with Peart back in the years in the 80s and the 90s. Um, it was a long story, but literally I, I entered a drum solo contest because people said I used to write like him. So I I entered the contest kind of tongue in cheek. And then after that point, he responded back to me with postcards. And then I would send him like stuff that I'd write. And he'd write me back postcards. So I had a correspondence with this person. He knew who I was. So going back to 2004, when I had heard about this quote unquote tragedy of his quote-unquote family, um, I decided that I wanted to send my book, Transmutation Through Ascension, to him because I had had correspondence with him before, and I felt kind of bad for him. And I sent my book, and if anybody reads this book, it's on DNA activation healing. It's more about spiritual consciousness and and how we are living in in multidimensional space. It's really expanded. So I sent him the book, and within a week's time, I had everything in my house under surveillance. I had my phone was wired, tapped. Um, I had my computer hacked. I had um, plants, live plants in the area. I had people calling my cell phone from California. I had all sorts of things happening to me simultaneously, and then I started getting an interconnection program running where they actually triangulate you. They triangulate your electromagnetic field. They they can do this through satellite-driven technology, So, and a lot of people think it's microwave, but actually they can do it through satellite-driven. So what they'll do is they'll triangulate your electromagnetic field, your neural circuitry, they, they mind map you on an electromagnetic scale, and they interconnect you into what they call a program which is based on artificial intelligence, synthetic telepathy, life handlers, real time and um, operators and controllers and programs. Now all of this is, is a live feed real time handler. It is not something where you're just listening to an imaginary communication system. So that started the programming insofar as communication. The they announced who they were live feed real time, um, the members of the band, Neil Pert, Neil Elwood Pert, uh, very specific about who they were. Um, Michael J. Mossbach was was one of the main handlers who is the right hand man of Neil Elwood Pert, if anybody knows who they are. Um, he's also the director of surveillance and security and he was the man was literally the first one who interconnected me with Neil, live feed real time, because this is a technology they use for the road. So that's how I got plugged into that technology, live feed real time. And, and what people have to understand is when you get pulled into this communication system, it, it traumatizes you at all levels. Um, your vitals drop, everything in you starts to reboot into a machine world. So at that point in the continuum, I was losing um, my vitals. I wasn't communicating. I had, um, I hear somebody breathing there. Are you slurping on something? But
0: no. Yeah, I, I, mean, <laughs> I, have a, I have a cough drop thing going. i got okay. all kinds of good stuff going all right, on.
2: I just wanted, I I, background I'm glad voice. you asked
0: me a question because I wanted to slow down a little bit. I'm Is sure it okay? We, just sure you I, are, I can just say that you are one of the fastest talkers I've ever heard in my life. And I thought – you speak eloquently, so don't take it uh, as a cut. But basically when I was listening, I thought something got adjusted. And I thought that I was listening to it in a higher speed.
2: Well, you probably do, because when I talk about this, it is kind of a communication where I just it's it's, well, obviously, I memorized it because I remember it so clearly for so many years. But
0: yeah, but also, okay, let's 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 back up. Got it. We got to back up because I don't think people are understanding as much when you first had the correspondence with Mm Pert. okay, um, he responded back to you You had sent him this book because uh, he had family pass away. Right. And it was a car accident, I believe. Yeah,
2: uh, that was the illusion of what they tried to portray, and that's a long story. But yeah, so they supposedly. So wait, it, was are you
0: that it, go ahead.
2: No, I'm just telling you, she was murdered. She was murdered by that program, and that's something that most people don't know about, but I do. So, end okay. of story. But they can say whatever they want to say, and they have.
0: Well, so I, I think what we need to find out, though, is that he responded to you back, and we don't know why he responded to you. Is it because he liked your writing?
2: Well, that's, that's interesting because what I kind of got from the whole thing, because they interconnected me the way they did is that I was a good candidate for the technology they were deploying, which was about synthetic telepathy and size by technology. Um, the, my abilities as a second-degree black belt, plus I was a, a state champ women's advanced kickboxing. I, I was really in my prime when they hit me with this communication system. So it was my impression that they really felt like I was a good candidate for the technology, plus my spiritual background where I had a very unique what we call Merkava signal and, and very high frequency, what we call light-level light bodies, um, light-level and body. So I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's, it's about ascension and, and light, level, light bodies. So, um, But frequency-based, higher consciousness-based, and then you get pulled into the program. And all they do is they take that energetic signature and interconnect it onto their array system. Now, that also dovetails into transhumanism, where they can actually take that el- electromagnetic field and all that you are on a multidimensional scale and are interconnected into their array system with AI, which is literally connected to transhumanism down the road. So that's another dovetail right there. But go ahead,
0: Yeah. Yes. No, I, I no. I, I think what I didn't understand from the interview that I was watching was why do you think someone like Neil Peart, who is a very famous musician for what, I don't know, 25, 30 years? These guys have been around forever. Um, uh, I, I, I know multiple people uh, listening to him as kids, obviously. But why would a guy like that be involved with something like this?
2: Well, I can tell you right now they use it for SciSpy, but they also use it for their surveillance communication system. Um, Michael J. Mosbach, who, when I met him in person, too, you have to understand that these people actually came to visit me in person. uh, Michael J. Mosbach twice in person before I had to testify in court. And literally, he talks about um, the communication system itself, because what they use it for is for being on the road without a headset or a radio or anything where you have a cell phone. You're interconnected live feed real time, so you have sight. You have a synthetic telepathy communication system live feed real time. This is where you're the eyes and ears, and people can tell you where to go. It's kind of like that movie The Matrix. You can literally use it for your own security and surveillance. Peart's been involved in this for a very long time. If you look at some of the old interviews he's had, uh, a few of them he even claims he's schizophrenic, which is BS, because literally he's been plugged into the communication system. Now, um, and, so, and- uh,
0: Mossbach. no, let's slow down. Uh, okay. Mossbach is head of security for Rush, correct? He
2: was the head of security and director of surveillance for Rush. He has his own business called AshClan, which is a front, a cover for his private detective agency, which was really based on um, psychotronic warfare and covert technology, threat assessment, and also synthetic telepathy and by technology, which he doesn't, of course, he doesn't talk about that part, so...
0: But basically, his main job is security for Rush, which they require, obviously, physical security. Correct. And then um, he's also a very personal friend of Neil Pertz, and perhaps a writing partner. Is this correct? Yes.
2: He, he says he calls him his ghost writer. And, and that takes, takes on the form of many, many things, which is really the artificial telepathy, synthetic telepathy program. But yes. And he was basically, there's no place Pert never went or went without Ma- Michael right there in the background, you know, loitering around in some form or another. Okay.
0: But as the story progresses from what I see, it it, it seems like it's a a few years in, but uh, you're corresponding with Neil, but then it it never ends. Does it end up being an in-person thing? I was confused.
2: No, I I basically had correspondence with him in the 80s and into the 90s. Then I stopped communicating with him and... And that's the point, I guess, at some point where he lost his family down that road, or whatever um and back in two thousand and four, when I was doing my kickboxing classes that when that's when I was reminded about what had happened with his family, and that I contacted him afterwards, and then I sent him my book, so no, I didn't have any quote unquote physical contact with him. there was always through a postcard, I had postcards, never ever met the man and this is another thing, but I do understand very clearly that there was there was a reason for him pulling me into that program, and I do believe it was because I was a perfect candidate for it, so you know.
0: Okay, uh, because he's a really interesting guy. Obviously, I, well, I do he's know he's
2: interesting. Th- but I'll tell you one thing: I don't like him I'm at sorry. all anymore. Um, I said, I said he's. Well, interesting, but, <laughs> but you know these people. Yeah, obviously,
0: heard. if you uh, had an issue with him. Um, but uh, let me ask you this: um, I know you've probably come under scrutiny over the years about some of this, correct?
2: Well, there are a lot of what they did is they turned their fans on me. They basically used their fans as a human shield to sit there and attack me and say, "Oh, she's this and she's that and she's you know." You know, but the bottom line is no, I have evidence against him and my I had a lawyer in my corner who's ex NSA signals intelligence and we understand very clearly that Mossbach was involved in this and he deployed the technology. They basically Sounds got like away instance, with the war
0: crime. Like the, the postcards. Do you have the postcards? Is Actually
2: the postcards I had, I had three postcards and I burned them in my cauldron and there's a long story behind that. But oh. that was basically what had happened when they they interconnected me into the program back in 2004. Um, And at the time, I don't know if I really got to that point, but I was in such a traumatic space. I wasn't communicating verbally with my husband. It was all artificial synthetic telepathy. So he didn't know what had happened to me. He thought I was on drugs. He thought that my doctor had done something. I didn't take any drugs, you know, being an athlete, you don't do anything. Um, We don't take drugs. Once a blue moon, we drink a beer or something. We never did drugs. And, my whole system just shut down, but I was in artificial communication with Synthetic Celepathy with the band members Live Feed Real Time and Michael J. Mosbach. And one thing you have to understand is the whole time they were they were creating their Snakes and Arrows album, I was interconnected with them Live Feed Real Time. There are keywords on that album, like conniption, uh, brought to you by conniption. There are words that they were saying that were actually used with me, Live Feed Real Time, that we were all in communication. So I know it sounds really, really out there. but when It you does. Start
0: with- yeah, but we get... I it, mean, it it's just... It's
2: smart. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, well, I'm, I'm trying... Go ahead. Well, I mean, this is this is the story, and, and the story needs to be heard, right? Oh, uh, yeah. well, can not only does it need up, to be heard, these people, people are still...
2: Their... Right. Well, well, I well, understand well, that. Well, it's very abstract, but what I will say, one thing. Um, these people have gotten away with the war crimes since 2004, and I expect at some point in the continuum it's going to hit him in the butt. I don't know what year that's going to happen, but I know... Michael I don't J. know Mas- what
0: you're talking about, though, at this point. Uh, like, for instance, are you talking about the people that Mossbach and uh, belongs to, as far as, uh, are you saying they're NSA?
2: I'm saying that Michael J. Mosbach was the perpetrator in a very bad war crime he did against me with my, with Neil Elwood Pert in 2004, which literally destroyed my life, and there's accountability for that. That's No, no, a- I
0: understand that, but who does he work for, I guess, is what I'm Michael trying to say. Michael J. Mosbach to-
2: works for himself. Right now he's working, I know he's an operative, because he he's the right-hand man of Neil Pert, but he's also been interconnected and working with a lot of different agencies. He also was contracted with military law enforcement, um, people who are candidates in the White House, D.C., he has a lot of correspondence connections to a lot of people at high level. And, and when I started communicating with Michael and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I started sending emails on the Internet and I would tell him that I'm contacting these agencies. You know, I wanted to resolve this. And Michael would say, oh, don't bother doing that because I'll just go ahead and, and get them anyway. I mean, the whole thing it's a long story. It goes to so many levels. So just, just tell well, me. Well, I'm
0: looking. Well, I'm looking at uh, I think we have started. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of this guy right now to see uh
2: mm-hmm. what he
0: looks like. Yeah, cuz I'm just it it's just such a strange story. Uh and then when I got past that part cuz that was difficult for me. I just didn't understand why the these rock band dudes all of a sudden uh would be interested in something like this. And and far be it from me to say whether or not Uh, that's the case because if I was in a very famous rock band, who knows, I might be involved in a lot of things.
2: Well, the thing Um, is, I think what people need to realize is that they're musicians second to what they really are behind the scenes and what they are behind the scenes is, is very much involved in black technology. And that's something they, and if you look at the lyrics of Pert, and I've always mentioned this to everybody, if you look at their albums, he talks about signals intelligence from A to Z. He talks about double agent. He talks about the communication system. Nobody's paying attention because people are partying and everything's groovy when you're at a concert. You start breaking down his lyrics. You start breaking down the man. And then I got pulled into the program. And maybe he wanted me to know who he was. Who knows? But the bottom line is I know, I know exactly what this technology does. I know, it, I know what they've been using it for and also to influence on a mass scale. I also understand very clearly that they interconnected other people with it. I'm not the only one. I'm very clear that other people are dead because of this technology. That's another thing because this can be used for remote assassination programming. So um and that goes to another spectrum. But but Well you yeah, talk I mean,
0: about you talk about how you, in your video that you took these guys to court. Yep. Okay, so tell us about when you went to court and what happened.
2: Well it's interesting because I, I left for Maui. I was on Maui because that's where Michael J. Mosbach and Neil wanted me to go after I quote unquote got ripped away from my house over here in Superior, Colorado. So is that I was on Maui, I called Michael and I said, Michael, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm gonna go back to Colorado. He got really quiet, he said, Come to LA. And then I didn't say a word. And then I got on the plane and I came back to Colorado. And after that point, for some reason, he was more threatened for me being here in Colorado. So he contacted me and said, how would you like to talk to a magistrate and and talk about this? And I said, well, I need somebody in my corner. And he goes, well, don't worry, I'll be there. Well, he was there to stab me in the back in the courtroom. But that's that's how this progressed. He wanted me to testify in front of a magistrate about what had happened to me. And he pretended to be that he was in support of this. Um, but really what he was trying to do was get me out there to testify so he could sit there and say, oh, she's talking mind control and make a mockery of it. So that the, um, and, and what's really interesting, too, is this was supposed to be an open courtroom and it was a closed courtroom. It was, everything was paid. I mean, literally, you could tell that this judge was paid off everything. Um, I didn't have any type of, of counsel around me because my lawyer had told me to get an extension because he couldn't make it on that specific day. And I, st- I started to get an extension. The judge said, oh, no. Um, Michael goes no you can 't have her get an extension she just, 's she's just stalling for time you know don 't let her have an extension so that got blown off. So I testified about everything that had happened to me with the technology, and literally the judge just disregarded it immediately and also I well, was, also was it
0: a, a lawsuit was it a, a civil suit what, what it was was a it? civil
2: it was a civil suit I mean basically, I was wanting to go after these guys for misusing right. technology against me. And, of course, you have to realize I was very green about being in the courtroom. I had never been to court like that in my entire life. Um, this was two years into the induction where I was being so hit with that program that Michael was literally, he was really interconnected with me a lot to that point where it's its really hard to describe but. Uh, I'm amazed I could even speak in that courtroom, but I, I did a good job speaking and communicating the truth in there. But yeah, like I said, they, they just basically disrespected it and just just um, threw it out and didn't pay attention to it. And then at that point on, there was just propaganda and shoving things under the carpet and shoving things under the carpet. And the whole time this is going on, um, the signals in my, I have signals in my chest cavity. I've been measured for um, all the technology that's embedded in me and it's there it's in my documentary and I'm happy to send you a copy because I'm pretty sure you haven't looked at my dvd documentary either remote a disclosure and cover technology which goes into the levels of the technology i was exposed to interconnected with it shows it registering um so this isn't some kind of fantasy this is literally real technology
0: yeah i guess i i guess the the part that that's the technology is what got me really jazzed, Solaris, and then the backstory was difficult for me because... Well, that's
2: what they wanted to be. They wanted to be like that. They want everybody to realize, oh, how could it possibly be a band? Well, if you look and see what's going on in, in California and the Hollywood areas, you can see very clearly that there's a lot of deception going on there. So, um, what I would say to the listeners, if, if they don't understand what's happening, or maybe they are you know they can't really understand or grasp this, um, just go ahead and research really deep. Just dive in as deep as you can into the... First of all, look at the lyrics of the band. Look at what he's been writing about. And then try to go into levels of who they are. Um, look at Mossbach's background, because he He's really the paper trail to this technology, and he's the one that that literally once you start looking and seeing where he's been contracted, you're going to see very clearly he has access to the technology with PERT. And I mean, they got away with a crime, so like I said, but go ahead. So
0: so basically, um, these guys started using you Mm -hmm. to do things. Uh, Let's talk about some of the things that they controlled you to do, if you don't mind.
2: It was more of a programming. It wasn't about having me go here or there, but it was more about a programming. Literally um, the first thing they started dumping on me was pattern recognition, numbers, codes, and serial numbers. Serial numbers were really, really big. Um, everything that they were plugging me into with the communication system was them live feed, real time, communicating with me. Um, when Pert ever communicated with me, it was, all, it was like he was trying to lull me and put me in a space of trance so they could actually program me with other, um, what I call multi-layer programming. And a lot of this was very interesting because in 2004, um, there was a drum solo played live through my body. Um, and I, I really believe a lot of that's encrypted to some degree. There was um, other things that were happening with guitars and music. They were, they were running instruments through my system. Um, they were tagging me with a with a, a, a base, basically a signal that would bounce to music on the radio. Um, this signal could actually ramp up an airplane so that I get on an airplane and all of a sudden uh, my chest cavity would start pulsing the same and synchronicity synchronicity with the with the airplane's engine. Um, this happened also with with motorcycles and things where my whole system would start ramping up. So that's the kind of technologies they were exploring how it was working inside my body with this type of a signal. Um, the synthetic telepathy is a really good system for communication for SciSpy. Uh, a lot of the things that we were doing, and, and I'm a natural psychic naturally, naturally. So it's easy for me to be able to see in remote view naturally. Uh, but what I noticed later on was that I was getting too, I was piercing too many veils between these guys to a point where they started bouncing the communication back, trying a little bit more of a um, assault against me to keep me contained So I wasn't able to pierce too much. Um, But most of the stuff that I was being trained on was more about being a real-time sci-spy. So wandering around in communication, live feed, real-time, listening mostly um, to Michael J. Mossbach, and then the other members would chime in. And you have to remember, these are signals that are encrypted, but you can actually patch into this where, where you can have Hive collectives. You can have groups of uh, operators, controllers, and programmers. Uh, if you talk to Stuart Swerdlow, he might be able to understand this, too, and he might be able to, to key you into a few of these.
0: Yeah, I like Stuart. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, I have talked to him a few times, but I had never heard about uh, artificial telepathy. And I right. think it's just something that sounds so damn interesting. Not only that, but it also sounds like something that should be assumed that it either is utilized right now or that will be utilized in the not-so-distant future.
2: That's the sad part of it because I was one of the prototypes for that, Jesse. I, mean, I look back at it, and I talked to Preston Nichols, by the way, in 2000, and I think it was 2005, and he was sure I was being pulled into a sci program when I was talking to him. But I will tell you, I started communicating. This is why I wrote my book series, *Either Remote, Black Operations and *Areas Beyond 52, because I broke down the technology. Because I realized that people were just basically going to make a mockery of the band and what I had gone through with these guys doing this. So I had to put the information out, the, the events, whether they like it or not. And I had to put the technology out there with it. So once again, yes. And I am one of the original test pilots for that freaking technology. And I can tell well, you there are a lot of people out there. Oh, go ahead.
1: Let me catch up real quick. Speaking of the technology, can you tell us a little bit more of the actual technology? Was it usually like nanotechnology? Uh, like what exactly was this
2: form of technology? The technology is signal based. It's the frequency of transmission. So, so what okay. I can tell you is from my own where I was at the time they inducted me. I had a Merkaba signal. Now I know this sounds really advanced, but if you, if you study anything with ascension or energy work or anything with light body. Once you start ramping up your levels of spirituality, you receive. Um, you normally have a, a universal celestial heartbeat and pulse. It, some people can call it like a kundalini pulse, but it's more than that. It's, it's a literal pulse. Um, and at the time that they were inducting me, I had I was able to surge a lot of things out, like electricity, Christmas lights. Um, I would do healing on people where they would just be blown out energetically. So my, my light ratio and my frequency was very, very high. They used a signal to interconnect that onto me and interconnect the signal onto but their eraser
1: how do they how do they – they like send that signal to you. Was it using some form of like the hard technology that we could like look at some hardware? And what it's was that basically hardware
2: satellite of? driven? The, the hardware is going to be satellite driven and supercomputer okay. driven to a point where you're actually but it's actually it's
1: supercomputer. So in other words, a supercomputer like talking about like nanotechnology, uh, quantum computers, something like that.
2: Yeah, and it's beyond quantum. But yeah, and zero point is quantum anyway. Beyond that word, but but literally, yeah, they're triangulating a target. They're using your electromagnetic field as one of their triangulation points. Um, they map your electromagnetic field neural circuitry, they take the signal and they use these fre- these frequencies and signals to interconnect onto your neural circuitry and hijack you. It's a brain hack, it's a remote brain hack. And if you look at some of the patents out there, I'm sure you guys can find a billion patents out there which talk about a lot of this technology, because a lot of it leads into psychotronics, but it's all frequency, Driven. it's all signals and frequencies it's done remotely so in the old days they used to be able to drag you away in a van and put you in an underground and torture you for mind control they can't do that anymore well they could but they, it's easier this way because all they do is triangulate the target they got you pulled in through the frequency and transmission and they all of a sudden you're hearing life is real-time communication so they're patching you in they're opening up a communication system now what they do with that communication system could be very good size spy training um, they first started training me and then later on they started really really harassing me and making it worse for me so it depends on what they really have in mind, but it's all frequency driven.
0: Okay, let, let's wow. talk. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's heavy duty stuff. It's, it's really hard to digest. Um, tell us about, you said this affected your personal life, pretty heavy mm-hmm. duty. Um, when did you notice, when did you first notice that you thought that these people were messing with you? And then immediately. when did it start to affect your family? When you say immediately, what do you mean? Like
2: Well, uh, immediately meaning I knew something was wrong because I started, I, I literally started getting pulled into a program where I could hear live feed real-time communication, and they announced themselves, and then I, I knew it was man-made, and I even told them point-blank, I said I started laughing about it. I said, this is man-made, and I was just messing around, and I, I thought to myself, I was like, whatever it is, I know it's man-made. And then all of a sudden they communicated who they were, live feed real-time, and interconnect me into the program, and that changed a lot of things on my um, what I call on the vital level where my, my vitals started to change and drop a little bit more severely. Once you get pulled into the artificial telepathy and they start overriding and really, really um, interconnecting you life re- Life feed real time, you have a hard time um, functioning in the, in, around people. And what had happened to me, I was all internalized. I started communicating with them, life feed real time, the same way with natural telepathy, which was really converted into synthetic at that time. And my husband didn't know what was happening. So we, we weren't speaking, we weren't talking. And within four months time, we were divorced. And I walked away from everything. And I, I, mean, I have to tell you guys, I had a very beautiful life. I had property, I had retirement money. I would have been retired today. I loved my husband dearly. He was my soulmate. I would have never left him. And the one thing I can tell you is I had a stepdaughter in the house who lived with us, you know, part time. And she wrote to me later on when I was on Maui and said, I don't know what was wrong. She said, but all I remember is you looking out the window and you wouldn't speak. I was so traumatized. And I have to tell you guys, I can't even, I mean, I look back at that now and I'm shocked at what had happened to me. It was that weird and that mind-blowing. Well, yeah. And he went into shock too. It, and the sad part weird. of it, it's, it's bizarre. And the saddest part of all is that he doesn't know to this day. I sent him a copy of the information in the books and my documentary. But even to this day, I don't think he ever really understood what had happened. Um, and he went to a form of his own trauma because, I mean, we were so close and getting ripped away like that was really, it's, it's tragic. It really, really was. So, um, no, there was no recovery in that. And, and like I said, I was thwarted out to Maui where, and Michael showed up um, the following, like he kept calling me on my phone out there and I didn't know who he was. I was so disoriented. He kept saying, it's Michael, call me back. And I had no idea who Michael was. I thought it was my nephew. And finally I realized it was him. And then he showed up in person. So, I mean, this sounds yeah. like a movie. I know it does, but I'm telling it, it, you, it's, it's, it's so percent I know it is. And this it's is one why... of the
0: weirdest stories I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Because, okay. uh, I can see it uh, right uh, now. Me, Mel me Gibson to... and Julia Roberts, starring. Uh, uh, you know I, I, I just have to put this out there. I have to put this out there because uh, I'm going to forget, and then it's going to be too late. So here's the coincidence of having you on the show. Is that, and, and this is by no means, as you can tell, you're in a comfort zone here. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're not being ostracized um, and what the information that you're putting forth is for the audience to decide of course Mm -hmm. that's not my job it never is but the coincidence between us is that as a kid I was a huge Rush fan okay and growing up in Long Island New York I would go to the shows I must have gone to at least you know three or four when I was a kid and my best friend at the time uh, I'm going to leave his name out right now but my yes. best friend at the time moved to Los Angeles and became very important in Hollywood. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Then one day he would sometimes surprise me and take me places. So one night he said, I'm taking you someplace. Sure enough, he takes me down to the Rush concert and takes me into this small building next to the arena where the band is having dinner before the show. And that was a big thing for me. Obviously, I I, I didn't work. I worked in tech, so I didn't see movie stars as much and things of that nature. But this was one of my heroes, you know, this band. This was uh, I was a big follower. Anyways, uh, that night after the show, we went backstage and we hung out with the band. Minus Neil Peart, because I was told that he doesn't really travel with the band. So I sat down with Getty. I sat down with Alex Lifeson, the guitar player. Uh, Getty Lee, if you guys don't know, is the lead singer, the guy with the very high-pitched voice. A lot of you people might know him from. Uh, if you remember that big song when you were growing up, Tom Sawyer, that was a big hit of theirs. Anyways, the coincidence is that I actually know people that are really tight with this band. And fast forward now 20 years. I mean, I'm talking about vacationing, friends, uh. Mm-hmm. And and so the, the strange part is that when I heard this story, you can see where it resonated strangely for me, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I, I purposely didn't call my friend about the program because I didn't know how he would react.
2: Well, I can tell you, um, yeah, even if they hang out with these guys, even if they're having dinner with them or if they feel like they're close to them, they have their secrets. This band has their secrets. I would say I know damn well that their family members know about it and they, they have access to the technology. Um, when it comes to yeah, he is very mysterious, isn't he, Jesse? He, does, he doesn't really socialize and do many interviews. And yes, he's always with Michael J. Mossbach these days, or his handler. Um, so yeah, that does happen quite a bit. And I'm a little sarcastic with that because I'm, I know these guys so well, even though I don't have to sit in their house and eat with them because I've already been interconnected into their program. But I can tell you that it's interesting because I have heard other people, musician-wise, tell me, oh, I opened for the band. You know, they couldn't possibly be like that. And I have to say, you know, people put on faces and they put on acts. But how well do you really know them? Well, um, next time, talk to them about the covert technology. You see the look on their faces. See if you can get them to look. No, different. I
0: don't. I don't know them. I don't I, know them. And, know. And my, the, the coincidence is that one of my best friends, one of my childhood friends, is super tight with them. So not just oh, having ask. dinner, but the, the the gamut. So in the studio, et cetera.
2: Well, I have to tell you, I'm not sure how tight he is with them, but if he's in their inner circle, he would know about the technology. If he's not in their circle, he wouldn't. So once again, you can hang out with people and you can be part of their world to some degree, but there's another world within that that right. I know. That
0: well, You have was. to also look at it another way. You, you you come across, and for lack of a better word, it makes perfect sense, but you come across as extremely hurt. And that and if uh, Earth, obviously... Oh, some, beyond
2: hurt. I have yeah. no emotions. You know what? You, can, <laughs> you know, I mean... Jesse, l- let me tell you something here. I've been interconnected yeah, with please, please tell me. I've been interconnected with an artificial intelligence array system that literally should have killed me. They regenerated me through the communication system. That My vitals were dropping, and they rebuilt me to some degree like a Frankenstein. I was I was tortured through uh, mechanisms of all types of warfare programs. I was hit with things where you would see virtual um, warfare programs running in your head, um, and then you'd see military personnel coming into the room, and i get a bang in my head. I was forced into situations I should have never been in. Um, they brutalized me on so many different psychotronically levels, psychotronic levels, electromagnetic warfare. Um, To this day, I have torn cartilage in my jawline. I have issues with my lungs. I had, let me just give you guys a rundown. Um, I was pulled into this program in 2004. Due to the toxicity of the technology, I started getting radiation sickness. And nobody knew what it was until a special forces guy told me what the hell it was. Then he told me what to do for it. And my lungs are repairing. Um, I have all sorts of anomalous things that have happened to me. And yes, they flatlined my life. They tried to discredit me. They tried to shove everything under the carpet. And yes, you bet your, you bet your ass. I am livid beyond words. I'm sorry. I'd like to be nice and kind, but when people trash your life like that to such a level and you watch them walk away, it's just something that really bothers you. So it's beyond hurt. It's beyond hurt. It's, it's like, um, I'm just like laser beam pissed at this point. Plus I, I have issues with my health Um, that i don't really talk about that i'm trying to heal and you have to understand too i'm going to send you the copy of the documentary i have signals okay i'm not your average bear wandering through the street that looks like every other joe i'm wired i am wired okay because of them and if you look at their tour they did a time traveling tour Um, they did other things where if you look at some of the things they were doing on the timeline that they hit me it was all in correlation to the communication system I was involved in life be real time. And guess what? Getty Lee, a.k.a. Gary Weinrib, and his brother Brian. Brian Lee was out at my house when I was inducted. When Michael showed up in person, it was Brian there who went to the house and was asking questions about me to my housemate when I was in there. Um, so these guys are little. You have to understand that there's a reason that they do what they do and they pull people into projects. And, and I'm telling you right now, I wish your friend would corner them one day and say, hey, what did you really do to her?
0: I don't know how he's gonna react to this program. I'm a little afraid to call him no, about it, don't to be worry honest about with it. you.
2: I'll tell you what. Um at this point in the continuum, I I'm a firm believer in universal law and that whatever doesn't get resolved here is gonna hit them in the ass. And I know I've told the truth, whether I know it sounds weird. I have told the truth from A to Z. I've told the truth about who the people were Okay, but hold on a
0: second. Let me let me yeah. let me inject here mm-hmm. some some other and and I say criticism, but it's not criticism. It's a question. I know. At, at what point, yeah, really, please take it that way. Um, at what point did you say, oh, my God, I know who's doing this, and this is actually real? Because you sound so convinced that it isn't, like you said, it's not schizophrenia. It's not anxiety. It's not something else. This is what it is. You sound absolutely convinced of that. There had to be a time where you didn't feel convinced of that, right?
2: Actually, no, because I knew it was I knew it was an artificial communication system. I knew immediately it wasn't real because my natural ability and and frequency and consciousness doesn't function that way. I don't get voices in my head. I don't have schizophrenia. I don't have a mental illness. I'm you're talking about somebody who's a solid martial artist, uh, an instructor, somebody who was really grounded as a surveyor, somebody who's not a la la land drug addict, crackhead from, you know, whatever. I was literally very, very grounded and normal. Um, expanded in consciousness and spirituality, but not a flake. So when I got hit with this, I knew it was man-made. But what's really interesting is I didn't know who Michael J. Mossbach was, but they kept telling me, he did, live feed real time, I'm Michael J. Mossbach, And I was like, well, I don't know who you are. And later on, Michael J. Mossbach, there he is, real time, real person, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, Neil's right-hand man. And let me tell you something, when I I talked to Michael in person and we sat at the table out on Maui, he looks at me and he goes – Oh, Neil knows what ails you. And then, and then another thing that was really interesting is that Neil kept telling everybody. I put a, a, if you guys look on my testimony, I have a 2006 testimony right after I got out of the, um, quote unquote, detained at the jail, um, where I testified again on a video to put onto YouTube to tell everybody what had happened to me in case I were to disappear, and that is out there. So if anybody wants to look at it, you can see. But it, it's interesting because all of this stuff is correlating. Um, you just have to kind of dig in and see what I'm talking about here, but. I, I guess I lost my train of thought, but that's the point I was making about Michael. Um, but literally, he was no, the primary okay. handler um, in the situation. Go
0: and, ahead. And, and he just, he, he uh, how did this, how did this all end? Because it's not going on anymore, correct?
2: Um, what's happened to me now is basically they walked away out of the courtroom, um, got away with their little crime syndicate. They're still doing their things. I, I don't know. I guess Neil Pertz retired in California from what I understand. Um, yeah, he what's lives in Santa Monica. Yeah, well, wherever he lives, I could care less at this point, but he is guilty. And I will tell you that um, it's interesting because I still have anomaly signals Um, to this day. I still have things that are wired in my circuitry, which create a feedback to a point where I can be hit by these guys remotely. Um, There are other divisions that do get involved in this technology because it becomes one of those threats to national security. So it's one of those things where when you become an asset or you become somebody who's been a test pilot for a very exotic technology, they tend to never leave you alone. So my whole life has changed in a huge way.
0: Well, first of all, here's some truisms. Obviously, your life has changed. Uh, Tell me about, I mean, obviously, a divorce is a major deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about friends, family, what their reaction is when you talk to them about this scenario and what has happened. Um, You know, some people, um, when they talk about why... They're breaking up with their spouse. It's not going to be usually something on this level. So mm-hmm. it's usually regular stuff, you know, infidelity, etc. Communication. Right. This is way out there. So how did you approach that? Had you you have children, correct?
2: I had a I had two stepchildren in okay. that marriage. So I okay. don't keep in touch with them anymore. You don't they're have adults to worry now. About that. Okay, yeah. good. So basically, okay, I that just would be a to... problem.
0: That would be hard, don't you oh, think?
2: It was, it was huge. Well, you know what you have to understand. Yeah. I raised those kids since they were four. Um, my daughter, my stepdaughter, who I was like a daughter to me, I raised her since she was four years old and she was 11 when I, when I was hit with the program. So yeah, that was my kid in my opinion, you know, she may not have been my blood, but I raised her like she was. So yeah, that, that hurt my feelings. That hurt me quite a bit because I really did enjoy that life. I mean, I, I married my husband for a reason, you know? So, um, but getting back to my family, you know, I have people that they, they love me dearly and they don't understand it. But then when they see the technology and they watch my documentary that I have out, either remote a disclosure and covert technology, they're like, what the fuck? Excuse my, oh, I can't say that.
1: How do they see the technology exactly? That's what I'm trying to wrap my head around.
2: Well, the technology, uh, if you look at my documentary, you'll be able to see, and I, I'm sure you're familiar with Steve Colburn, who was the right-hand man of Dr. Roger Lear. Um, right. i don 't know if you guys are familiar with the late Dr. Roger Lear, right yep. Yep. he did yep. an implant analysis scan. I mean you can see these signals bouncing um, and you can see that you can see him tracking the signals. what i don 't have in my documentary is forty five minutes of the raw video footage that was happening with cameras switching on and off and all sorts of other anomalous things happening at the time they were measuring me um, and that is basically it should be on in its own little documentary but but there is um, real evidence and documentation of this technology, so yeah, when, when my my sister and my other sisters saw these things. They're just like, you know, blown away by it. They didn't know what to think. But they also know I'm a very rational, intelligent woman. And that I'm not one drug addict. And I, I don't sit there and fantasize about stuff. So so for this to happen to me, obviously, they know something was really, um, something really tragic had happened. And something very, very anomalous had happened. Another thing I wanted to incorporate, too, is that I had to attend my mother's funeral under the duress of this program. Now, she, I was inducted in April in 2004. My mother died in June. I had to get on an airplane in this communication system being assaulted with it 24 hours a day and and go to this funeral and watch my mother get buried. And I'll tell you, that's a horrific thing in its own. But having to deal with that, that was extra trauma right there. Um, And my sister did make mention because I was in so much trauma, I wouldn't speak hardly at the funeral. And then when my sister asked me to put something over in the coffin, like a little message to my mother, I looked at the coffin. I stepped away and I said, that's not her. And I I couldn't even function. I mean, I couldn't even literally function. And it wasn't the trauma of my mother dying. It was more than, it was just everything encompassing me with the communication system. So people have to realize that you have your own thoughts. You have your quiet time. I didn't get that option. These, these people pound you with dialogue. They pound you with a narrative. And another thing they do is they'll, they'll animate you. So if you're, and, and Pert has a song called Animate, by the way. But there's, They'll sit there and they'll animate your hands. Or they'll do things to you where they narrate every single thing you do. Hands, um, eye movement, everything. Oh, they're labeled people that you're looking at. They'll talk over you while you're looking at people. You know. And this is another thing I want you all to be aware of, that there's EEG cloning and heterodyning. So this is another technique they use through signals. They can take a healthy brain. And overlay a communication system based on um, somebody who doesn't have a healthy brain, or cross signals, which is called EED. Excuse me, EEG, heterodyning and cloning, and this can literally create a, a quote-unquote pseudo schizophrenic brainwave pattern. So now you have a whole different spectrum of potential you know mental illnesses on people which aren't mentally ill. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And you can stop me wherever you need to to interject. No,
0: but. no, I, I actually I, I was really more interested in the emotional side at this point right. because the story itself look i'm not going to sit here and i'm not going to say solaris you really don't have any proof that this that this happened uh physical well, I do proof. Have proof. well that someone's gonna people have obviously said that to you correct
2: no i have proof it's in it's built into me i have technology built to me that's provable it's it's showable it, this is what i mean by you. you see my documentary my dvd documentary i have a I documentary out i'll send really it over to, to s- you I mean, I this love... is my thing. Um, I have a DVD documentary available on my website, Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives, and it's either remote a disclosure and cover technology. Now, it shows it talks about my induction with the band, but it also talks about the technology of the implant analysis scan. So, yes, oh, okay. I have
1: evidence. Here's the question. You, you have evidence uh, and the evidence is Dr. Lear's uh, studies uh, they showed like, there's a signal bouncing off of you, but how can we tie this into Rush?
2: Mossbox background is the tie-in and Pert's access and his communication system with the technology itself. And they're never going to tell the truth. I'm not going to hold my breath on them ever, ever communicating the truth. This is what I mean by they got away with a very, very bad crime, and nobody's ever going to know the better. And this testimony is worth platinum right now that I'm talking about. Whether people acknowledge it or not, that's okay. I'm telling you the truth. That's just the way it is. Um, but I still suspect if people were to go after Mossbach and Ashkelan and his prior employer at PCORN, they would nail him down, they'd be able to interrogate him, and he would say, yes, I was the one perpetrated, hired by my boss, Pert to induct her into that program. But You think he's going to tell the truth right now? I doubt it. But I'll tell you what, I swear to God, you guys, I'd love to put the heat on him. I really, really would at this point in the continuum, because somebody needs to be held accountable. And you know I'm getting fired up, but go
0: ahead. Uh, well, no, that's okay. Uh, you talked about other people in the program. Tell me how you found out about those people, and you said some of them died. Can you tell us the circumstances?
2: Well, I do know from my own, from what had happened to me in 2004, which is really interesting, when they were trying to communicate with me with these live feed real-time communication systems, the one thing that they kept telling me was, my name was Selena Taylor, my birthday's April 22nd. Well, we all know who Selena Taylor is now, don't we? And why would my birthday be April 22nd? It's not my birthday. They kept trying to insist that I was that person, yet they were, it was almost like they were trying to create an alter or a personality in the name of Selena Taylor. This shows you the kind of crap I was being put through So the communication system, which is also a form of mind control, um, trying to create an altar perhaps. But in any case, that's um, part of the communication system that they used on me was the same thing they were using on her because I started doing a lot of digging. When I started doing a lot of digging about Selena Taylor, it was very clear that Pert had interconnected her, what they call interconnection, into this type of a technology which is based on synthetic telepathy and SciSpy. Now, when I look at things, and the reason I tell you that there was no such thing as an accident, I almost went off the road driving my car because they were taking me over remotely and trying to steer. They were trying to move my hands. They were trying to move my gears. They were trying to control and hijack me completely to a point where I had no control over my own vehicle in 2004. I'm very clear how they use these for remote assassination programs. So there's no such thing as accidents, once again. And if you look back, um, and what I would encourage people to do is look at Pert's writing from his books Masked Writer and Ghost Writer. Those are all about his adventures interconnected with this program that nobody really knows about. They think he's just driving around on his motorcycle with his buddies. He's actually live feed real time in communication with people interacting with him. And that's his code writing in that book. So once again, um, and there were some other people that I just wanted to mention really clearly. Um, After I started testifying in 2006, I had people come out of the woodwork who said they worked for the band um, or or cousins had worked for the band. And a couple of them died mysteriously, one died of a cancer. Um, She said that there was some weird ritualistic stuff that had happened to this woman, that she said that she had some kind of mutilation going on, some sexual mutilation, and that she thinks that she died of suspicious circumstances. I cannot prove any of this, but I did send it to my NSA lawyer and he's ex-NSA Signals Intelligence. Every bit of information that people have sent to me in the past under suspicious circumstances of people who have been involved with that band who have died or have been very, very sick, or something weird has happened to them. I've sent to my lawyer, and I've also archived it. So, um, but I am very clear that Selena Taylor was plugged into the program, and Jacqueline Taylor too. Do
0: you know? Do you know of anybody else that that would make claims about this band?
2: I have no idea. I haven't seen anybody come out of the woodwork other than the people that have contacted me about the one that got supposedly had cancer of some kind or a speedy death which was very suspicious with the band who had worked with the band. So no, and what's interesting is when you start talking about stuff like this in the technology, you know, usually you do you do get copycats. You do get people that want to come out. I haven't right. seen any of that. But I will also tell you there's not one band member who doesn't know this technology or has not been interfaced with it. And I will tell you that their families know it too. So once again, this isn't something this is their inner circle, this is their inner secret. They will go to the grave in it. And, and if there's anybody out there who claims they know this band really well, just try to ask them about the technology sometime. See the looks on their faces. Try to profile them.
0: Interesting. Uh, and what are you doing now as far as uh, obviously you're still trying to deal with this, correct?
2: Well, what I'm doing now is I have two radio shows going on. I've got Hyperspace at KCOR. I've got Ravenstar's Witching Hour on, on freedomslips.com. I have books out at the wazoo. I've got my Eye the Remote series going. I just launched my science fiction book, One Million Miles Till Midnight. So I'm a writer. I'm an author. I'm still an editor. I have a background in surveillance, although I'm not doing much of that anymore. But I am doing timeline astrology, and I'm getting booked with clients. Uh, a lot of the time, I, I get booked with people who have been targeted or have been hit with some kind of a mind control program or need validation. So I work with that. So there's some things that I'm doing here on the timeline. I, the biggest problem I have, Jesse, is that it's been uh-huh. – this happened in 2004, and this is 2016. So, yeah, when you, when you realize that your life has been stolen from you and there was never anything that was literally um, resolved, it becomes very frustrating. So I just make the best of each day. But I'm still plugged into the technology, and I want people to understand that I, my life will never be the same again. The woman that I was in 2004 who was happy and blissful and peaceful, who had a beautiful light body, was ruined by a bunch of creeps with a misuse of covert technology and psychotronics who thought it was fun to pull me onto their live feed real-time tour, um, the Snakes and Arrows tour, so they could entertain themselves at my expense and suffering. And that is the truth of it.
0: It's so weird. Let me ask you this. Did this start? uh, it, It all started with the band because you were a fan, correct?
2: Well, I wouldn't call myself a fan. You know what's really weird is the people that I had been in association with in the 80s were fans they liked the band they used to play their music okay. all the time they got a hold of my writing which i am a, I'm a writer i'm a poet i write and one of them said oh my god you write just like neil perk and i was like well i don't know who he is who is he and then they played the 2112 album like that was supposed to mean something to me but it really didn't and i started i wrote to him only because i was kind it's of tired great record yeah it's an interesting record but once again jesse think about it. that have did you listen to the lyrics
0: no, I, you know, I, re- I rarely listen to lyrics, that must be okay, honest. Okay, now
2: this, I'm going to make you read those I'm lyrics. I'm a guitar
0: player, so.
2: <laughs> I'm going to tell you to read the lyrics because it's about <laughs> the communication systems, our great computers. He's talking about the technology. He's. I mean, even back then he was talking, even if he was copying other authors, he's still always talking about the technology. But what's, what's interesting is I, I just sent him my um, my poems tongue in cheek, you know. I wasn't there as a groupie, like ooh, ooh ah, ah I didn't know this guy. I just thought, hey, you might appreciate my lyrics. Everybody says I write like you, and you have to remember, I was really young. I was really really young when I first wrote to him, and I was really excited yeah, to get a postcard back. You? I think it was oh, like twenty one or twenty. I was just a kid. I mean, to me. I was a kid. Twenty one. I'm old now, but I mean, for that age, I just I didn't think about it. You know, I just sent it to him, and I, I thought it was, you know, I thought he might appreciate it, and he did send me a postcard back. So, uh, but that communication went on. So, and it's interesting
0: when you think about somebody getting involved with uh, if you have a daughter or something and you're worried about them getting involved with a musical group, it would be more in the line of doing drugs or things of that nature. And I know that this particular band has always been very anti-drug.
2: Well, so they say, but I know they drink. So yeah, I, they're not sure. clean 100, percent and I have to tell you, in mean, back in the day, I'm not sure about that, Jesse, because I they look like heroin addicts to me. I mean, I look at some earlier pictures of them, and they look like they were strung out. I will tell you one thing: their, their rush, their real rush of energy that they get is being interconnected with that program. That's to them is a turn on. I know that for a fact. So that's, the that's most, their new drug. It's AI interface.
0: What about other bands? Do you think like Motley Crue or Testament or any other metal bands or rock bands that might Is this something that's rock-oriented, or is it musical? Is there any connection between music and what you're talking about
2: i think it can be used in any music industry and so far as any band can use it um youtube comes to mind but there are other bands that i know have been hit with covert technology that they don't understand it um, you'll hear that there are a lot of musicians who quote unquote have like breakdowns where they're hearing voices in their head um well britney spears is one of them but that's that's somebody who's been hit with psychotronic weapons if you ask me i mean being somebody who's been a test pilot for this technology i can tell you point blank that's probably what she's been involved in she doesn't know it So so insofar as what they are getting access to, you have to remember these people have a lot of money, a hell of a lot of money to invest in this exotic technology. And it works. It really, really works. So, you know, another thing I understand very clearly is that when Mossbox starts interconnecting people with the program, he sells that. He gets money off of that to these divisions. Um, It was DARPA that made a hell of a lot of money. Right after I was pulled into that program, they started accelerating with AI. They started accelerating with artificial telepathy. Then the guy over there on Facebook was like, "Oh, I want everybody interconnected with synthetic telepathy." Where do you think they got all that from? I was one of the original test pilots in two thousand and four for that crap.
0: I have to say that the, this starts to. Uh, I wish we could just take out the rush part. I really do because I love the story. But um, it, like you said, if it's if it's part of the story, it's part of the story. Well,
2: they, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been pulled into the program. So I have to I have to include them. Because they were the perpetrators, whether people like it or not. And that's, you know, that's just why nowadays I talk about the technology mainly. But I also what believe, about
0: What about something uh, good that might have come from this?
2: I don't see anything good that had come from it. I have to tell you, Jesse, I tried to be positive in 2004. I kept sending everybody love and light and meditating and, and doing everything in my power to be a good person. And being non judgmental until I saw how much they damaged my life and they stole everything I worked my ass off for. So then, and then after a while, when you realize that they're trying to manipulate your hands or they're trying to put you on a class level three threat like Mossbach did, they're trying to burn you. You know, at the time I also started working surveillance and security. Do you realize the only reason I got hooked into that was because of Mossbach? I was on Maui doing surveillance and security work. I had the White House calling my employer over there at one of the agencies I worked for. Do you know why? (laughs) You know, this is what I mean. You get plugged into this technology and all of a sudden you get put on the radar. So I can tell you I've made the best of the circumstances best I could, but honestly, no, I don't think it's helped me at all. As a matter of fact, um, I think it's caused more damage than good on so many levels.
0: Man, I'm really sorry to hear that.
2: No, I am too. And I have to tell you, there's a side to me that's very desensitized. Um, What used to be very empathic and loving to everybody has closed. I am becoming more shielded and more guarded. And I've, I've learned not to trust as much anymore because of what had happened. So, um, you know, it's it's not pretty. And if you talk to anybody who's been through any type of a covert warfare program, they'll tell you it's not a pretty. Yeah. Bond. Yeah.
0: So like that was another question I had and we're running low on time. But okay. uh, th- wh- what I wanted to ask you was, um, where do you go for acceptance as far as friend base and uh, some of the. Have you been going to some of the conferences? Do you engage with those folks? If so, what's Actually, I'm an expert.
2: I've been an expert presenter at the conferences for Mind Control. So at the Mind Control Super Soldier Summit, you usually see me there as an expert presenter. Um, there are other things that I do with my radio shows. I have a life outside this illusion. So I do have my own inner circle of friends who are very advanced and spiritual I don't know if I lost my audio there. It seems like I did. But I have people that I, I communicate oh, with. I'm gotcha. not a loner. I'm not a lone wolf. You know, I, I do have people that I associate with. But they're very um, intelligent and very evolved. And they're very much into and understanding the bigger scenery behind what's happening here on this world. So
0: so those th- Those people have accepted you. And, and, and there is some sort of play here uh, regarding extraterrestrials, correct? Uh, if oh, yeah. So, explain.
2: Well, the extraterrestrials. You know, if you look at the technology itself, a lot of it's reverse engineered. Um, it's it's because we are advanced in consciousness that they they can utilize us. In so far as the artificial telepathy is basically hijacking your natural natural telepathic centers. So what they'll do when I say they're ele- they're measuring your electromagnetic field and neural circuitry, and you they'll literally take your abilities with that and interconnect it onto their life real time communication system. So you have synthetic telepathy, but that comes, in my opinion, comes from a very advanced um, formula regarding our off-world species or what we call off-worlders because there's a, an exotic technology in there blended in to their communication system that they interconnect onto the target. Um, I know that they kept using a nickname with me called Roswell 7 when I was pulled into the program. I don't know what it means. That's what they called me. Um, I had, you know, these little crazy nicknames, but also there were some other things that I remember uh, about their military personnel and some other things that they were doing. Um, so there was a lot of experimentation, which I would call military abduction, my lab oriented after a while. So, so that connected in as well. Um, but you have to understand, if you read my books, and any of you who have read, my book, read the book, uh, Transmutation Through Ascension, it talks about DNA activation through consciousness, spirituality, multiple world realities, and how we exist simultaneously in those worlds. In other words, we're not just here, we're everywhere in multidimensional space through our consciousness, and that brings in extraterrestrial design. So once again, it's the bigger scenery behind it all, um, and this is why it's such an intrusion and such an invasion to you or your star being, your star body, because they're taking you and they're hijacking you, and then they're trying to interconnect you onto an artificial program to control, manipulate, dominate, and almost almost contain your frequency to a point where they can keep you enslaved into their communication system, which I believe is connected to a no-world-order agenda. So,
3: Well,
0: I mean, it's happens. interesting because we, we sort of debate on this program about uh, Andrew Brusaglio, a little bit sometimes, uh-huh. uh, and I'm sure you're familiar with this story. Yeah, and I would love to get your opinion on that because here's a guy who is obviously very well spoken, and uh, he's very good at what he does as far as talking about Project Pegasus, which is mm-hmm. his uh, the, the program he was a part of, right? Right. Uh, but yet, the guy really has zero proof uh, right. of anything that he's talking about. Zero. And, and that has become a very uh, troublesome thing for many of the people on this program, the co-hosts and I alike. like.
2: Well, that's what's, why I went after the technology, Jesse. That's why I had the technology measured in me, because that you cannot disprove my, what's built into me right now. Um, what I will say about him is that, in my opinion, this is my opinion – he has, sure. been plugged into, he has been plugged into a psychotronic program, which basically took him on a lot of different trips, but literally took him nowhere. Um, he can argue that all he wants, but I'm very familiar with the trip chairs, and I've talked to a lot of people, but I also know from my own experience about being interconnected with this communication system, it can create any type of reality for you. As a matter of fact, it can create an overlay of virtual space, so that you think you're going someplace, but you're not. Um, it's like that movie Total Recall. You know, That's what it reminds me of. You think you're going someplace, but you went nowhere. I see a lot of these people who claim they've gone to these places, and I believe in my... I really after where I've been, you have to understand I've been plugged into this technology. I know it can create anything. Anything. So wherever they think they've been, I would say they've probably been pulled into some of a, a sort of a military covert communication system where they've been used or experimented on and they thought they've gone there. That's just my own take.
0: Well, I mean anyone's take at this point is is valid because if you don't have any proof to associate the story with, it becomes something very uh, difficult pill to swallow, especially with claims of time travel. Right. And we, we hear these claims all the time. Uh, I know I've interviewed Stuart Swordlow about this uh, a few different times. Right, uh, yeah. It's it's very difficult because these people have absolutely zero proof. Well, they I can
2: prove. I know. What I can prove about where they've been is that they've been hit with a mind control program. What I can prove is that they've been screwed with and tampered with on a psychological energetic scale. And even, even you know, I've interviewed Stuart too. And I can tell you point blank. He agrees with me. He's he's agreed with me. He understands very clearly about the psychotronic program that it's literally compromises your psyche. It can insert screen memories, false memories, you know, false alters and personalities. This is what I mean by people can get compromised. Um, It's very dangerous. And this is why I've always exposed the technology. And if you look at my books on the Eye of the Remote series, it's always about the technology. I only referenced the band early on. And then I had to use them as the benchmark of the people who did it. But later on, it's all about the technology.
1: Solaris. Speaking of the technology again, uh, how does uh, how would one go about testing it now? Like you know, you talked about that, Dr. Lear, but say somebody wants to actually put you in a test to prove that this is real, how would one go about it? What technologies are there in- implemented to be able to do that?
2: I think the best ones you can use are the spectrometers, from what I understand. And I've talked to a lot of different ones. You know, um, if, you look, if you talk to um, Steve Colburn, he uses a lot of different devices. Um, he uses some infrared things and ultraviolet scans. And he also did something really interesting with a, um, what do they call those things? Oh, I forget it now. But anyways, it's kind of primordial, but it does ping and it does show that there are signals and something's there. Um, So there's different things you can use, EMF meters, uh, Gauss meters are another thing he uses, um, and that was off the charts when he was using them on me at the time. You have to remember when he was, and it's interesting because I wish he had done this to me back in 2004, but I only met him back in 2010, so... But, yeah, the best way, I'd say, was the pe- spectrometer is from one of the, what I understand is one of the best ones to do. It measures all frequencies. And it also can isolate frequencies coming in or, th- or signals that are external and coming out. Um, I have okay. a signal that bounces to music on the radio to this day that they put in that they thought was fun. They thought that was amusing. Okay? That was the band. To this they, day. Th-
0: what did they do that they thought they, was amusing? They have
2: a signal that they pu- put into my chest cavity that bounces to music on the radio. And if you listen to some of their songs, Spirit of the Radio... Um, just listen to some of their lyrics sometime. I, I know people just want to enjoy music. Please listen to their lyrics. Please. <laughs> and you'll see what I'm talking about here. But yeah, I've got signals. So.
0: But, but was there a point where uh, do you think that you might have blamed them for some other things uh, it, uh, that it became sort of that they were the, to blame for everything that was going wrong at, at one well, point? Well,
2: basically, I don't blame them. I know that they were the perpetrators who pulled me into this program. Every bit of the signals that I have today are because of them. Everything that I've gone through, yeah. Right. So basically, had it not been for them, had they just left me alone and let me have a nice, happy life with my husband, I would not be here on the radio. I wouldn't have my books and I wouldn't be out here having to do things that I probably wouldn't be doing. I'd be probably just retired and teaching my martial arts. So, yeah, you can see where, yeah. where it's kind of like, you know, you get pulled out of your life and you get your life taken from you. And no, it's not OK. It's not OK to do that to somebody. So. And I know it's hard no. to understand unless you get pulled into it. I really get that. I truly understand it. You know, if it didn't happen to me, Jesse, I wouldn't have believed it. Seriously. Well, sure.
0: I, I mean, it's just there's there's only so far that you can go when you're you're delving into these subjects for years and mm-hmm. you have to have some sort of benchmark.
2: Well, they're the know, benchmark. Uh, and also ben- um, Kalan is the benchmark out in Los Angeles, in the heart of Los Angeles. Michael J. Mossbach is the paper trail. I always, I say, man, if you could just get him to tell everybody the truth or pert, just open your mouth and talk. Yeah.
0: You know? Well, if they, if they are in a program that you're, you're talking about here uh I, I imagine they never would right no
2: they won't they'll basically lose everything they'll lose their livelihoods they'll lose their futures they'll probably go to prison um also there's also agencies involved in compromising data uh national security once I'm, once again that's a national security thing because you're opening up communications about covert intelligence which is some of it's classified but as a matter of fact a lot of it's classified my lawyer after he saw my documentary wanted to go after these guys and then Within 24 hours, he calls me and says, I can't do it anymore. We can't go anywhere. It's too black. We have to let it go. That's what he told me. He's this an NSA, excuse me, an ex NSA signals intelligence lawyer, federal lawyer, very respected lawyer.
0: And what okay? was his fear?
2: They told him not to. They said, you cannot go any further. And another thing he told me was, I don't want to have to kill anybody. Okay. He was worried. So that's where we left it.
0: We and, left and it there. When's the last time you had correspondence with, uh. Either Neil or uh, Michael.
2: Oh, I don't talk to them anymore because Michael put a nice little restraining order on me in two thousand six. Of course, that expired. But no, I, I refuse to communicate with Mossbach. I mean, I, I have nothing to say to him. He's burned my life.
0: Okay. So. So. So he put a restraining order and you uh, a physical restraining order.
2: No, he put a restraining. Yeah, he put a restraining order on me in two thousand and six in the courtroom, which made no sense whatsoever because he was in California and I was here in Colorado. Uh, but that was all just to set right. me up. Basically, but that expired. I mean, that was only like four year restraining order. I don't, I don't keep in touch with him. I don't communicate with them. Um, he's trying to basically put it all back on me. Like, oh, she's this and oh, you know, she's delusional and it's mind control. Now, this is somebody who confessed to me in person out on Maui that he had a hearing like mine and the communication like mine. I asked him, how long does it last? And he looked at me and he said, how long do you want it to last? This is what I mean. Jesse, you have no idea these guys. Well, I mean- let me
0: ask you this. Let me ask you this. And this is sort of a parting question. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I want to find out, let everybody know where they can get your stuff so they can okay. delve. And I'd love to see that DVD. I'll send um, it to you. If I could facilitate a conversation between uh, the two of you, is that something you're interested in?
2: <laughs> I don't see how you're going to be able to do that. And he'll lie anyways. But if you want to try, sure.
0: Well, I'm just saying, is that something you would be interested in? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not i am not trying. to. All I'm trying to do is help.
2: I know your but, sweetheart, and I'll tell you, I'd be interested in communicating with him if he could resolve something. But he's burned me so many times, and he lied. I watched him stab me in the back in the courtroom and walk away. Um,
0: you know well, what if you want to do? This I can put some feelers out there. Like I said, it's a strange circumstance for me. Um, uh, I don't know these people personally. I've I've met and I've I've, I've uh, had drinks with them. That's that's where it ends. But but like I said, this this mate of mine, uh, it, it is very reachable in that respect. So at least I can I can try if that's something that you would like. But if it's not, tell me and I wouldn't do that. But I, t- if it was me, I would want to uh, if that person was willing to come on a program like this, because it's you know one of the greatest things about what we do. You and I, mm-hmm. we all have programs. It's terrific. No,
2: I
3: agree. We um, had, how
0: many commercials have we had? None. It's terrific. So no, it I not. would be. More than willing to reach out and see what happens, I mean, maybe there's some information we could get, who knows
2: oh, okay, if you can do that i um, that's fine, that's fine with me sure
0: okay no you never know i have done yeah. it for people in the past, and sometimes you're pleasantly surprised who knows
2: okay, well, uh, thanks jesse I appreciate it
0: I, I really enjoyed having you on the program and and, and I feel very bad for uh for the things that have gone south for you. that's for sure, but it sounds like you're you are turning into something positive here because mm-hmm. uh you have a bunch of great books. Why don't you tell everybody where they can get these books and some and the video that you were talking about the documentary.
2: Okay, um, I want to thank you again for having me on. And, and Angel, excellent um, interviewer. Thank you very much. Uh, my books are available on Amazon.com. It's the Eye of the Remote series, Program by Deception, um, One Million Miles to Midnight. You can access and actually purchase my documentary DVD, Eye of the Remote, A Disclosure and Covert Technology, which covers my implant analysis scan. And that's on Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives on my website. And thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: I do. I appreciate you coming on and telling your story. I'm sure it's a very difficult one to tell, even though it's been a while and you're quite, you're quite good at it. Um, I think what I'm going to also want to do is check out your radio program. So how do we do that?
2: Well, my radio program is at KCOR Digital Radio Network on Fridays at 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time called Hyperspace. And you can check out Ravenstar's Witching Hour Saturday, 12 midnight Eastern Standard Time on freedomslips.com. Studio A.
0: Freedom Slips, I believe Sean Morton is on Freedom Slips. He's Slip. on there,
2: yep. That, I heard you talking about Sean, yeah.
0: I, I'm like the only <laughs> person that likes Sean around here.
2: Oh, I like uh, Sean. I know Sean pretty well, so yeah.
0: Okay, so you know, he's a good guy.
2: Oh, he is. He's a good guy. He's actually very, very brilliant. He's very intelligent.
0: He's, he's a so really one, There's so
1: many places man. I can go right now with this, but I'm just going
0: to leave it <laughs> alone. Sean Morton is a smart dude. He really is. I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll in talk fact, to guys, I'm to on one night. He's, he's a brilliant
1: man. Have I'm going to have
0: him on one night because uh, I would really like that. So if you, uh, Solaris, if you run into him in the next couple of weeks, if you don't mind telling him I've been uh, giving him good props over here, maybe he wants to come on one night.
2: Oh, I'm sure he would. I'll definitely tell sure. him. Sure. Absolutely. All
0: right. And, yeah. uh, and and everybody check out your stuff. And uh, how do people, are people allowed to ask you questions through email or are you a little sure. soft on it at this no, point?
2: No, they can ask me questions if they want to, but most of my information is in my book. That's why I put it in there, so. Um, but, yeah, if they have any okay. questions, sure.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks for being on the program.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for having me, both of you. Thank okay. you, Jesse.
0: All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks.
2: Bye.
0: What a fantastic interview. Uh, are we still here, Angel? Are we all here? Yeah, yeah we're all here. All right. Except okay. for Solaris. Right, right. Speed uh racer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it, it's it's difficult. It, it's very difficult with these sort of uh, situations. What I tried to do, I think, and, you know, the audience will tell me, I tried to be as uh, respectful as possible, of course. Um, there's a certain amount of information. I feel like we got to a a, a bit of a wall w- with certain things that I would need uh, to, to sort of buy into a lot of it. But it's not for me to say. It's for the audience to say. There might be people out there right now going, this happened to me. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I know that I've, I've watched plenty of videos with people talking about strange um, underground MK ultra type uh, you name it mind control experimentation over the years. Uh, the problem that usually exists with this is very, very difficult for folks to prove it and uh, we've talked about this too. How does Bob Lazar sneak out a piece of spacecraft or some a little uh, gram of element 115? Well he can't, obviously. Right? But did he work there? Yeah, he did. Yeah, well, he did. Here's, here's the thing, though, and I'm, and I'm going to drop this uh, little uh,
1: seed here for you, Jesse. You can go wherever you want with this. Please. Uh, didn't Bob Lazar talk about Element 115 before anybody else on the planet was He was talking about it? Anybody I mean, else. Not only that, it wasn't discovered until after he mentioned it. Right? Am I right on that? You're 100% right. Okay, so that, to me, speaks volumes. I mean, he doesn't have to come out with a, with a piece of the ship. He's coming out with data verbally that's telling you, okay, this is what this runs on, and it's exotic. Nobody knows about it. And then years later, when it becomes discoverable by science, then you've got to say, wait a second, Bob Lazar talked about this a decade and a half ago. Then his story becomes more valid. It's kind of like the Betty and Barney Hill story, where the star map, remember that the Benny Hill described of uh, the alien soldier about his shoulder uh that constellation wasn't discovered till a decade and a half later, so that to me adds the credibility factor where okay, now she doesn't need to actually leave the ship with that book the alien shoulder. she has this star map that she talked about that NASA later confirmed years later, so it it adds a, a credi- you know a little bit of credibility factor to that story as well. I
0: totally see where you're going with that. I totally get it. Uh, with this particular situation, you could tell while I was doing the interview, it was touchy it nice. for me. Well, before you get there, it was a little touchy for me because I really do yeah. have this this strange connection, and I was an Uber fan. So, could you imagine? You know, when we kid around and I sort of uh, pinch at uh, or poke at Tupac or Michael Jackson with you, and you get real worked up, and we kid around and that sort of thing. But Ooh, the oh, bottom my line my is, you get you get worked up, so. This was some of my childhood uh, fantasy rock band legends, and I, I somewhat worshipped them. So, it's very, very difficult to hear these things. It was a very difficult interview to do. Obviously, there's a lot of emotion involved, and my, my last thing, thing is, wanna, with, yeah, go yeah ahead. Look,
1: my, my thing is, why Rush of all the bands out there? I mean, why not like Metallica or some bigger name band? Why Rush? Well, white I, uh,
0: that's easy. That's easy. I think she was trying to get forth the point that why rush because uh Neil Peart is actually a very very intelligent guy and he's known for uh very in-depth kind of introspective uh writing. I'm just not a guy who analyzes lyrics very much yeah, so, I really so, don't so know what they're talking So was uh, Kurt Cobain in Nirvana, I mean doesn't mean he's a secret operative trying to like lure people into an operative program. Well, honestly and and I mean this in the nicest way possible, but my issues uh were more about When you're trying to uncover something, okay, uh, as a detective, and we're talking about true crime for a second, you have to turn over a lot of stones, and you have to turn over stones that you might think are not probable, right? And I just think that there were some... It sounded to me when I tried to ask about some of the more uh, conventional uh, reasons for why these things might be happening, that there was a lot of uh, defensiveness there, and I didn't want to... Uh, hurt anyone 's feelings tonight, but at the, at the end of the day, I felt like I wanted to know a little bit more about some of the conventional i e therapies or uh, medical uh, personnel that might have been involved to try to figure out what was going on, especially when you 're hearing voices yep uh, and i don 't mean this as a cut at all. this is just I think what most of the audience is is hearing and and mm-hmm. possibly thinking. Uh, am I right? I mean, no, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's it, I mean, we've done thousands of these interviews, thousands of them. I've never heard a story like this in all of my days. Uh, I've covered every subset of this topic. You know, you actually, it. I I have heard a story similar to this. Laura Eisenhower, Eisenhower, whatever it is. I think that's a really good uh, analogy, at least, uh, that's in the ballpark, for sure. It's, it's very similar.
1: She was contacted on Facebook by some random dude who uh, brought her into the, the Pegasus program that Bizzagio was working on. But here's on another
0: there. problem. No, Same you kind of story. You, you you know? raise, yes, and, and another problem is, and, and uh, this is hard for me, too, is that uh, when you're making accusations about people, uh, anybody, you mm-hmm. gotta be able to back it up, or else it ends oh, up yeah. being slander yep, and yep. libel and things of that nature. And yep. I just feel like I didn't want to go there and, and and get upset or get anyone upset about that because obviously there's things that I don't know between the lines. But at the at the end of the day, you got to provide those things. So. Yep. Uh, that was difficult. I felt we, we kind of we kind of hit a brick wall with that, and that's why I wanted to sort of take a breath because it was becoming a little difficult for me uh, being able to stay as upbeat and impartial. Uh, and that's a that's a problem that you have this as a an interviewer any day of the week with any guest. It's always going to mm-hmm. be difficult. Sometimes yep. they're easier than others. This one was not that easy. No. Nope. Um, I don't know where to go with this one, folks. I'm I'm kind of a little stumped. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to contact my my friend. I'm going to leave him out of this, obviously. Um, and I'm going to find out if this gentleman will come on the program and talk to us. Um, I think that's the only rational thing to do at this point if if we want to follow up, don't you think? I think that's a great idea now. She did say, well, he'll just lie about everything, so no I, mean, I, I I mean maybe so, but then at least give him the option to do that. right, right. Give him the platform and in this way, if he de- if he declines, I can say he declined, or if he gives a statement, um, that would be helpful at this point because I just don't know where to go with this one, you know and, I, I, you, and know, I, you know there's people that I want where I'm like, hey, check in with us on how he's doing, but this is a specific group of people that our guest was saying ruined her life, right. So I can't that's, be okay with that that's unless big. I know that it's a hundred percent legitimate and it's been Correct. proven, or else it, it sounds like I'm endorsing that, and I can't do that. Well, here's a couple a couple seats for you, Jesse, to uh, to take with
1: you, uh, especially if you are going to contact this guy. Um, she talked about being in court. With I'm definitely somebody. going so, to. Yeah, there's court. Doc- there has to be court documents uh, backing everything up. So if they're going to be on the show, if she's going to be on the show with you request some court documents proving that she went to court with these guys. Uh that she actually took him to court and she tried to get this uh to uh, some civil trial. Uh because if she did that would be on record. And at least that gets you a little step further in case they say, well we have no idea who she is well that gets you a little step further and saying, wait a second, but you guys were in court here's documentation.
0: Yeah, no I would definitely want to look at that. You know you know I'm probably gonna ask Danny to look into it. Uh I think Danny's kind of been very uh, uh on the uh, Johnny on the spot with a lot of this stuff, and yep. he nice did set up me. this interview he's great, and you know he's been bringing a lot of terrific people to the show, and don't get me wrong, this is what I want to bring on this program, stuff that is going to blow your mind and that you're not going to get anywhere else in the world so he did his task, he did what I sent him out there to do and asked for. Because he has the connections, and he knows that I want to delve into those places, and they are difficult. They're difficult to stomach, and I think with this guest, it was very difficult, also because she's very sweet. So you want to be supportive, but it was a very tricky interview. So I think where I want to leave it is I'm going to go. That she speaks this guy. very.
1: She speaks very fast. It's
0: extremely fast. I, it's a, the fastest speaking person I've ever. ever encountered and i really thought that there was a problem with the audio that it had been sped up no no that's uh, just her way of speak she see well you don't understand this
1: i actually produced for her for a little bit here on psn radio she had her show on here and uh, for a couple months and the first time I, I produced the show for her i thought the same thing i was like wait is, it, is the audio messed up is she is it going faster than normal and then and after a while you realize no that's just the way she speaks
0: yeah, she no, she's just – look, here's the thing. She's obviously highly intelligent. Oh, she, yeah, definitely. She, she, she's uh, – no no cuts here. I just want to know what the hell is going on. If anything, it's a very intriguing story. Yep. Now, everybody knows that Neil Peart is a little strange because Neil Peart is, has always been strange. That's part of his persona, okay? He's sort of the guy who writes all the lyrics and he sort of – like Pete Townsend need to be on his own – when he would write the Who records, he'd go get right. a ton of heroin and drugs and stuff, and he'd lock himself in an apartment, and he'd write these amazing songs. And he'd bring them back to Daltrey, and he'd be like, holy cow, awesome. You know, that's, even Roger Daltrey would tell you that to this day. That's how it worked. Well, same thing here. That Pert always was that kind of persona. So that's where it gets a little strange, too. You know what I'm saying? So, from a layman's perspective, it becomes, it becomes too much to be able to support without concrete evidence and, and alike. So, we're going to see if we can put this together. It would be a great, uh, maybe uncomfortable, but maybe not. Either way, it would be very good to get these people on the phone and try to figure out where did all this start, you know? Why? Why, why, why Solaris? What right. is the connection here with all these people? There's obviously a connection, right? I mean, unless, unless uh, the band's uh, going to say, hey, this is just an uber fan, and uh, we get this a lot, guys, sorry, you know, uh, which plenty of bands might say. Right? I mean you worked and in the music that, business.
1: And that usually is the case in the in these type of things, uh Jesse. That's the that's the crazy part. And that's why I have a hard time with this. Uh not because of, of her or any personal uh, you know, feelings I have towards her or anything I like know. that. But because of the simple fact that I know the music industry, I know the fan base, the way they act sometimes towards uh, bands, towards uh, you know people in the music industry in general, especially if they feel burnt by the by the band. Like say, for example, she was a groupie. Let's just go there, and they turned her down because they weren't into groupies at that moment. Right, right. And she gets really pissed. You know, this is something that groupies would do. They'll come up with some. Well, I think this was story. underlying.
0: Yeah, I think we needed to kind of download on this one, bro, because honestly, yeah. obviously many people were sitting there thinking, was this just an uber fan who got burned because mm-hmm. she got a few postcards from Pert and thought, hey, we're buddies, and then all of a sudden right, he stopped right, writing right. to her, and then it just turned into this sort of seething thing that festered. Um, that's what it sure sounds like during the interview, mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and of course, there's a stalemate there, because either you can provide the evidence uh, that would support this story. I, I I really, I don't know any other way around it. You know, you could say, well, these people are lying, and that person's lying, and this person, uh, this court's bought up and uh, bribed, and et cetera, et cetera. But you need to prove those things. Right, you can't just say it. Not only that, you can't even really
1: prove uh, how to use technology to prove that she's been... Infected with anything or implanted with anything, if I'm pretty sure if Roger Lear found any, you know, implants in her brain, he would have, you know, talked about that endlessly. I, I still I, don't I,
0: understand. be Angel, how that gets yeah, tied yeah. back to the band Rush? I, do, that, I that That part that, is does, still that makes no sense. An yeah, no, I, I don't. I
1: asked it. I was like, how do you tie that into the band? How does that make any? sense. even if she was abducted by the government or some kind of government for mind control manipulations how do you take it right back to the rush band
0: exactly exactly how do how can i defend that how can i support that there's people in our subject that i am gung-ho about in their research uh this is tough for me you know I, i i would have trouble getting on board yeah i'm a fan but that but honestly uh i've I mean, I was a fan of a, a fraternity brother in college, and I found out that he he, he did uh, a sexual assault on a girl at a bar. He, he stuck his hand up her skirt, okay, because he was so drunk. And the poor girl's boyfriend, who defended her, got beat up by all the fraternity brothers. And guess what? They knocked on my door one night and said, hey, we want you to lie and say that this guy started a fight and la, la, la. And I said, absolutely not. I will never do that. Right. And... That's the problem. I can't. This is a tricky one. You're, you're you're saying that certain people ruined your life, so I feel I feel very strange moving forward on. It. And I really have sort of an itch that I need to scratch at this point. And I thank Solaris for that because I will Excuse go and me. do. Hello. Yeah, hi. I'm
2: calling you back right now because I'm watching you. Oh, I'm hearing you bitching and bashing and talking shit about me after I did an interview and I gave you my time of two hours. So I'm extremely pissed off right now. And let me, let me just fill you in on a few things. I guess you didn't oh. grasp anything that I was saying. I told you I have evidence of the signals, t- transmissions, and technology built into me. And so far as the evidence goes, Roger Lear didn't measure me, Angel. It was, it was Steve Colburn. And I have a documentary based on this. Once again, I have the evidence. In my okay. documentary. The I evidence,
1: okay, but, but how, okay, but how, okay, you say you see. have the Angel, evidence, but uh, let's see the evidence. Back
2: it up, Angel. I'm just telling you right now, how dare you? I, got, I gave you two hours of my time, and the shit that I've been through with that goddamn band.
1: Oh, hold on. Okay. Hold on, Solaris, 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 hold on, calm down.
2: Goddamn are
1: you fucking kidding me? Hold on. Okay, see, you're not acting like somebody rational or not, Solaris. Calm down.
2: I'm goddamn pissed at you people. I gave you two hours of my time, and you talk shit about me. How dare you? How dare... How, people? how are
1: we talking shit about you? We're, we're discussing yeah, the interview. Do uh, I I
2: Where do I begin, Angel? First of all, I'm not a groupie oh, for the first? goddamn band. Secondly, I was happily married. I, I told you point blank I sent a book to this Well, person. hold on.
1: Groupies can be happily yeah. married also?
2: I am no groupie, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not my style. I'm a lady. I have class. I have integrity. I have a brain. I'm not some of these freaking douche bitches. Excuse my French. Who sit on the Harris, street doing drugs. Can I interject you know, something? I can me? I, I can
0: interject something me? without <laughs> anger? Can I interject <laughs> something? Is that okay? I,
2: right now, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm I...
0: trying to calm this down and I'm trying to yeah. explain something yeah, that will make some sense.
2: I gave you two hours of my time. I'm telling you the truth. First, people have no you have me, you know, me
0: two, me two hours of you your time. So I, I, look look I up gave up. you half years. of my time and Actually, I still don't hours understand hours, how this pertains but... to me. And I'm saying that there are very intelligent people here who do this for a living for how many years and they don't understand. That's
2: all sleeves and do the work but don't you dare sit there and call me a groupie or a fan or anything else these people put me through a brutal a brutal excuse my french sick little psychotronic warfare program and if you're going to make a- those claims but
1: you how can you prove that prove it was rush yes you have fact. to prove it i have technology
2: no, and i have that doesn't prove anything
1: about rush though yeah, what technology how does it prove it as- how does as- it, it prove as- it as- so Solaris, Solaris. So- 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 listen so- we're so- very nice on the show but right now i want to ask you straight up how does anything that you said prove that rush was involved how does it prove that they were involved
2: and they announced themselves and how does that,
1: that right, you saying that you doesn't prove anything
2: said, solaris
1: you saying that does not prove anything do, uh, where I, is the I, pudding I, where's I, the, I, where's I, the I, proof
2: witness and testimony to that fucking crime scene do where not is the proof it. where's the and proof for you, buddy one of these days you're gonna be eating your own crow and I hope I, I hope mm. I'm around to watch you do it because both of oh you I you love
1: crow chasesten taste,
0: it. taste of challenge. That's the world we work in, Laris. You can't come on the show and say, here's my story, you have to believe it, or fuck you. You can't yeah, that's, do that. Doesn't work that way. Or else that makes you sound a like program. a crazy person. Why would just... yes. Go ahead, Angel. No, that she sounds like a crazy person. Straight up. And this is not what I wanted. This is, uh, you know, I, I could have done this in the beginning of the show. It's very easy for me to do. It comes quite naturally. Okay? Uh, you know, she's very upset. She thinks that we. and She hung up. Yes, she of hung course, up. amateur radio uh, is hilarious when the guest can just interject <laughs> herself, which you gotta love. Um, that's that. That wasn't. Uh, that wasn't bizarre. First that wasn't
1: scheduled either. By the Facebook, way, she she just jumped right back into the conversation. with Skype. She hung up twice,
0: and she just. Well, this back. is a, Skype has that function though. because that's the that thing. I don't. I'm not trying to hurt somebody's feelings. That has nothing to do with that. But look, we're dealing with a very intense, important subject here. I, I just, I kind of mapped it out for you here. There's saying that you got boarded an alien vessel and such and such happened to you. Well, this is the same kind of thing, but it's a little worse because you're dealing with people that have families and lives. And uh, and Solaris has a family and life, of course. But when you're making amazing claims like this. You've got to have amazing evidence. Correct. And the, that we did not treat her with respect, I think, is, is ridiculous. Because, like I said, it's just two people who do this for years now, trying to scratch their head and say, how the hell does any of this have to do with the band Rush? Here, Jesse, I'm gonna go a step further. I wanna open the lines here for a few minutes.
1: I know we're gonna go over it a little bit. But I want if anybody uh has anything they want to interject or they've you know been listening, call in. Give us your your take on what you heard tonight with us, Larissa, and what you just heard her, you know, right now, uh calling back into the show. Uh number seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Go ahead, guys. If you're listening in and you wanna throw in your two cents of what you just heard, please call in. Again, seven eight six two four five eight one two seven.
0: I mean, the problem with some of these shows, and I've seen it before many times, and so have you, is that you'll have folks, sometimes like Kerry Cassidy, will just "Uh kind of, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And I'm not going to do two hours of fucking "uh uh-huh. That's not what my audience wants. It's not what you want as a station owner. Um, That's what we delve in, challenging people. Mm -hmm. We had a gentleman here just a few weeks ago. We put him to the test. We made him do a reading on the air. That English uh, guy, he was great. Okay? He wasn't offended. He was calm. That's a problem. When you are overly defensive about trying to explain to people something extraordinary, when they're telling you they can't understand, and they're trying to get in to their own radio show that you're monopolizing, <laughs> and trying to be polite, and trying to be respectful, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ... Seriously, I, I, I feel personally attacked now a little bit. I'm a little upset because I could have done this a whole nother way. And I tried to be as respectful as possible. And the fact that someone would tell me on this program that we did it wrong, well, audience, call in. You tell us. Did we do it right or we do it wrong? Were we, were we respectful to Solaris? I think we were. I think we we damn were.
1: I think we were, I think the entire conversation was very respectful. The, whole, the entire uh, segment was very, very, very respectful. Yeah. I'm looking at what she wrote here in uh, in chat here on the, on Skype, um, and uh, she goes uh, that she's not upset. Uh, you really need to see my documentary. You're. She keeps pushing that documentary. I feel that much. You need to keep uh, reading.
0: <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> You're if uh, you are a fan, then screw your perception. If uh, if he comes uh, on your show, he will lie to your face. Uh, Moshback will do damage control. It sounds like you're endorsing the band. I have uh, transcripts. Okay, well, here it is. She has transcripts. Provide them. Provide tangible evidence. Give me some proof. Don't just tell me, well, you know, I've had the technology measured and they the validated the, the technology. Okay, well, who did? Where? What? What's a laboratory? Can we talk to these people who validate the technology? Is it only Roger Lear Because he's dead. He can't you know, talk about anything. It was these other people that, that can validate this thing. I mean, who can we speak to that are, that are actually reputable scientists that we can go to and say, hey, is this real? Did she really give this validated?
0: Yeah. And, and, how do, and, and why again, is that? how do we tie to a, rush? Why is that a disrespectful question? It's not. That but is a... That's the kind of question that you have to be able to answer without being defensive if you want people to believe you, if you want people. And keep in mind, you don't have to be on these programs, okay? You're not being paid to be on the program. Obviously, people come on this program for two reasons, usually to sell schlock, books, right, et right. their message, right? Their message is the other big deal. They want to get their message out, like like the honorable, right? And he's upset all the time because he doesn't think people are paying enough attention to his case and alike. And and you know what? I can swallow that. I can understand that there's grief involved and there's depression and anxiety and issues involved, psychosis, with having these kind of experiences. Because I've talked to these people for fucking years. Yes. You name indeed. it. I've talked to them. You know that. And you have too. And so, anyways,
1: uh,
0: it, 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 at the it, end of the day... A, it is what it is. I feel a little bad that we didn't end as friends here, and and I and I feel that like I might have just had a conversation with someone, uh, and I hope I didn't uh, ruin their ruin their whole evening because I just don't know where. I don't think I'm going to contact this gentleman now because I I think the only con- uh, conversation I want to get is some sort of statement from him before we move forward. I think I want to find out what context this court proceeding ended up being. Like you said. Well, that's
1: step one if you want to prove anything. is uh, She said she took him to court. Okay, let's provide documentation. Here's a paper trail evidence. Well, she we, did we take him to court.
0: court she lost.
1: Yeah, but regardless, there's still a paper trail that they went to court, whether they won or lost. doesn't matter.
0: Well, For sure, if it, trail. if it comes out that uh, they went to court and that uh, there was no proof whatsoever that they were involved, right, and that this was just something that sounded just as strange as it did to us, right well then that would be enough for me right there to know okay well this is something that i don't think we should waste any more time
1: on. and i'd love to have uh some of the folks in the chat room call in because i mean it would be great to get their input Uh, especially sebastian who uh wrote here he says i respect uh solaris but from day one jesse said the goal was to look into the meat of things and uh angel hate him or like him he's questioned people like ray hernandez before and uh he also wrote that uh yeah, but Weissfrock, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with asking for solid evidence, for extraordinary evidence. Of course. Exactly. Extraordinary
0: claims. Exactly. Extraordinary yeah. claims. And that's what the whole purpose of this show is. We have amazing people on all the time that make incredible claims. They make some pretty outlandish claims. Sheldon Nidles. And she talked about Stuart Swerdlow, another quasi-Tom Traveler, MK Ultra guy. Okay? They're not right. gonna come on here and just tell me how do you know that's true just because I know or I have proof but I'm not I don't need to show it to you, that kind of thing. We we can't we can't survive on that. We that's the that's the whole point of us existing. Do you know how many charlatans are in this community on a daily basis? Talk to Rich Giordano. Okay? <laughs> he specializes in that. He's like yeah, he's like a ufology exterminator. Yep. Okay. And, I, and, I, and now, you, know, you can see in my voice I'm getting a little upset. I'm getting a little irate. Because two hours of your time two hours of my fucking time two hours on my show, in my space, in my bunker in my euphenot please don't do that. Please don't come on here as a guest and make it seem like you're doing us a favor. That's ridiculous. We are a vessel to the community. So if you want to be on this program, there's good reason. I just explained. Why is uh, There's a good.
1: Look, uh, our good friend Arizona Tramp is on the line with us. Arizona Tramp. Uh, oh, why is Hello. I love
3: Hello. the
0: look. Good evening. What do you think about all this? What the hell happened? What do you think?
3: Oh, wait. I, I'm hearing feedback. There we go. Hello. All right. Oh, yep. You're here. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Okay. I just listened Would to you... the last hour, hour and a half of this, and uh, you, you both, you guys know Solaris, right? Of I don't you know the...
1: Solaris. She was you on. The... Know... I, I know her. She was on the network for a while as a as a yeah. host. I produced for her.
3: Well, you know our angel, and you yep. know the way Jesse is, and you know the way Solaris is. You should have expected this out of her uh at the end of the show i'm just saying okay
0: fair enough but
3: i'm not sticking up for anybody here i'm 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 not pointing fingers at anybody it's like okay uh last week when i was on your show jesse i i know you have issues with with what i'm about and i offered it and i the offer is still out there if anybody wants to show up we can go woodstock or whatever but the the thing about um what what Solaris is talking about, I didn't know all this. This is the first time I ever heard anything about this, other than from the high priestess of my coven, and she told me about this in a different way. And she told me that I had to be damn sure that everything that I did was me and not being influenced by anybody else. But that's not the point. The point here is that think about the uh, the the shooting at the movie theater in Colorado. Think about the other shootings that taking place from people that – you wouldn't expect this to happen from, and all of a sudden poof It's it's like they were being mind controlled, so I think Solaris is dead on about this, uh, maybe she doesn't yeah have
1: any- yeah, but here's the thing frog and and not to cut you off, but she could be picking this up from rhetoric from other people talking about mind control stuff there's she's not the only person who's come forward talking about mind control, about the government being involved in these projects, you know there's a lot of people that talk about this, she's sure. not one. She's one in a million, so she could be indoctrinating herself and in her story, putting it together by everything else that she's hearing from other folks. I mean, that's a that's a very strong possibility. Her, you're uh, right. A, a lot no, of these I, people I, do that. Go ahead. Keep a, lot people, a, lot a lot of people do this. A lot of people they put I together think... stories. They put together agendas to sell their books to sell their DVDs. Notice how much you mentioned. You got to check out my DVD. You got to check out my book. I mean, yeah. seriously. It is I what it is. That, but
3: I, I agree with but you. Okay? you if, if there's proof, okay, you ahead. need to give the paperwork and say, hey, yes, this is the paperwork that proves what's going on. I agree with that. I'm not gonna I'm not bashing that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I think that her story does hold some legit stuff to it. I've never heard this out of anybody before. And then I hear it out of her and I always knew that she was there was something up with this lady. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that she's nutcase or anything, I, I but I, she knows more than she's ever talked well, about. Well, that's why
0: you don't need to. You just need to stick to the facts, and that's what we do on the show. It's not personal. It's business. The business is ufology. What we're trying to do is save it, okay? We have to be careful, and it's easy to be kind of nonchalant after a day's work with something like this and just be okay with it and just let that guy come on and talk about the, the you know, coffee and tea leaf over in outer space. And he's <laughs> sitting there. He knows when the world's going to end and all this other bullcrap. And he's the real deal. Uh, that guy in Arizona keeps reminding me. He's the real deal. Okay? He, yeah. he knows. Well, that's easy to sit here and sort of snore sometimes. But with something like that, when you're saying that a group of people ruined your life, you got to have the freaking proof. I can't support that. I know Art Bell would not support that. I know plenty of radio show hosts. I don't know
3: that I would support it either on my show, Jesse.
0: No, of course not. I don't see how you could because it makes you seem like you agree with that.
3: But at the same time, going in, um, the difference, uh, I would have a nice little long conversation with the ladies uh, before my show so I knew what to expect during my show. and, And... and I would not um, oh, just, just be blindsided by, by things.
0: Right. Well, no, be honest with you, Frog. I wasn't blindsided. Danny told me what this was all about. I watched a, a video last night for 45 minutes with Solaris being interviewed by Carrie Cassidy. Like I said, okay. someone who did not put the hard questions there, although she looked quite perplexed. And she kind of looked like she didn't know what to do with that fucking interview, which is kind of where I started going, where it was like, hey, we can either have a regular conversation about this or we're just going over to fucking crazy town and I can tune out. But don't come back and tell me you wasted two hours of time. Okay. Here's the, thing, here's the
1: thing, and and I got to t- you know halfway through the uh, the interview tonight, it wasn't like you're having a conversation with her as you would with, with a normal guest. It was her just giving you the detail after detail after detail after detail, almost like she's lecturing you on what happened to her. In a sense where you, you know it was hard to even get questions in there, and when you did, you got to run around answer it, which never really answered your question properly. And she kept doing that over and over, and then pointing back to her like, "Well, you got to see my documentary. You got to read my book. Well, you got to do this. You got to do that."
3: You got to understand, Solaris is very much on a de- defensive on something like this. Very defensive, and that's shouldn't do Radio programs,
0: then yes. You don't do radio programs that say this is the- <laughs> this is how it is. I don't want to listen to you, or I'm going to get really upset. And this right. is how it is. And guess what? I don't have any proof to back up anything I'm saying. But if you buy my book and my DVD, it'll show. There's you. a proof. Yeah, okay, I'm you. getting a little <laughs> fucking pissed off right now. I'm getting a little <laughs> fucking pissed off. Two hours of my time. <laughs> You want to turn New York on? You want to turn New York on? You fucking turn it on! Turn it on, unbelievable! Come on.
3: <laughs> turn it on, but yeah, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I I decided to tune in tonight because when I tuned in, I didn't know who was going to be on it. It wasn't the same person as I saw that was going to be on on Facebook, and so I, I just tuned. Or maybe that's tomorrow night's show with Angel, but that I saw. But I'm. Uh, I was interested in in hearing how you you did somebody else's show. I mean, you tuned in and listened to my show last week with Angel and stuff that's you know that was a hilarious type of that went down to tubes type of show. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> yeah, sorry about that. that's what I did. <laughs> Hey, it wasn't all your fault, Angel. Everybody participated in that shit. Look, I, I wanna I wanna
0: wind this up, guys. I wanna wrap it up. Uh I wanna I wanna I I gotta take some time here and uh meditate on this or dream right, on it chill, or something.
3: Chill out, man. Get the fuck over it already.
0: I'm, all right, maybe I should just do that. How's that? Uh, anyways, for the rest of you, are we all done here? I don't think we're gonna take any more calls tonight. I, I'm I feel like I'm gonna get uh sideswiped by uh Solaris or something.
3: So well I think I'm she gonna, had I
1: think she said her I think she said her because she left the conversation here in, in chat and I So
3: I thought she was a good lady. I, I expected her it's to get a, pissed off, but you know, I did expect her to get pissed off. But I thought it, she was a she good lady.
0: Came, but she came on pissed off. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. She can it was nothing we did, my friend. It this is just it's a talk show. And that's what you do. You talk well, about different opinions and who's right and who wrong. Bill Maher, one of my favorites. I mean, that guy I'll have on, Julian Assange, one of the best interviews I saw this year was Maher going at it with Assange. What a great 10 minutes
3: of Are video. Are you married, Jesse? That's,
0: I am not going to answer that question on the air.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, would well explain, that, I, I, I'm just saying, you know, just make
1: your point. Go ahead. You don't want to hurt his groupies, man. Come on now.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying. If you've been things. married before, then you gotta, then you have a better understanding of how to handle a female guest. Is all I'm saying. Well, no, I,
0: I don't. I don't think that that most of the audience is going to agree with that. And and in Portland, Oregon, we definitely don't look at it like that. So. <laughs> By the way, guys. Whether it's uh, the, Boy, and
1: sorry to cut you off, but you, if you notice when she did call in, that term, possibly you know when we call when we said it, it sounded like almost a, a bitter groupie, that's really I think what pissed her off,
3: and I think there's I reasons set, for that. I will tell you now, it would set her off.
1: Yeah, no, and I tell you, and I tell you why. Uh, there's there probably is some truth to that, because usually when when people spot the truth in a story like this, that's what sets them off. It's happened before with, with me where I've had interactions with folks, and uh, I won't name any names, uh, but certain folks within ufology that where I speak the truth to them or what they're doing, hoaxing videos or doing something, and I point out exactly what it is they did, they blow up on me. Why? Because Well, sure think it about hurts. it. As
0: soon, she, as soon as she found out that I had some sort of background uh, with folks that knew these characters quite well. Yep, yep. It was it was kind of a strange situation. It got very... It, it was already defensive. It got even more so. It wasn't, what do you know about them? It was, well, then you don't know. You think you know, right. but you don't.
1: And it's oh, insulting.
0: Just lie they'll just
1: lie to you. And 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 to be fair, Jesse, you were actually very polite during the Thank entire you. You know, thing. I tr- uh, I really have changed. Yeah, no no, no, no. Well, you were polite back in the day, too, before you left for, you. for your hiatus that lasted three years. No, but, you know, you've always been kind of like that <laughs> polite kind of host where you don't really take him over the edge. Like you never really well, I like it. to think so. At this point you weren't the one that drove her over the edge pissed off you know to get her this pissed off. You and I don't even think I, you know the after talk got her pissed off. It was just I think that one term where we kind of said it sounded like somebody who's a bitter groupie. Which honestly and I hate oh, to it's say true. it's hilarious. That was a, a- trick that is a trigger word for somebody like this in this situation because honestly, but how could not, you not? How could you not? That's think what comes that to mind in the back of all this. of course. This would go. Of course. Yeah. I mean, us just talking about it when you you know when we're trying to dissect all the information. Again, it's not to insult her. It's not to say that she no. was a groupie. It's just saying that early on when you listen to this story. You know, when you start thinking about all the conspiracy that could be, you know, going on here, whether it's true, whether it's not true, whether she's making this stuff up, whether she's crazy, whether she's sane, whether she's a groupie. I mean, this is part of the train of thought that you're going to have when you're listening to somebody like her speak their mind. Same thing when you listen to Laura Eisenhower and you have her come on the show speaking what she speaks about her story. You know, these things are going to are, are gonna come to mind. So when we're talking about what we just heard and that is mentioned, guess what? That is a reality of what most Americans... Are going to think when they hear your story. Most people that are listening to this radio show, the first thing they're going to start thinking about: well, she's a bitter groupie, or she's crazy, or they, yeah. Could you imagine? If she, look, could I pride, pride myself
0: on on a, a number of things with uh, with uh, integrity and radio space. But could you imagine if she had been on Larry King Live? Oh, oh my mean, goodness! Or or many interviewers that I could think of. A lot of smaller time amateur guys that they just they would want to get to the root of these amazing claims right away and find out what proof is coming to the table. And right. the last thing that anyone wants in in an interview is, like you said, a, a defensiveness. Have you ever seen Robert Blake, the actor who was uh, acquitted of murder, even though he shouldn't have been? Guilty. Um, Guilty as shit. If you've ever seen an interview with that guy, it is like pulling teeth, and there's lots of people like that. They just... Yep. They're so defensive. You already know that there's all kinds of things going on. And anyway, I don't want to rehash it over and over again. I think it was a good interview. It went south, and then it went bizarre, obviously. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> Apparently, if you're a guest on the show, you, can, <laughs> you too can come back on whatever you like. Uh, apparently. Yeah, no, so that, she's that, actually that's actually my... show twice now. if
1: you think about it, <laughs> okay, that's actually so kind she... of that's kind of my bad because I didn't completely like you know remove her from the yeah. Call. Like, well, it sure wasn't let, mine. I just let her. I just let <laughs> look, look, let me tell you something. I just let her. I just let her hang up the car like she did normally. Because normally when when callers or, or guests hang up, they don't come back. They just they go on and do their thing. Uh, so I wasn't expecting for her to go run to the radio, turn the radio back on, and be like, what are they saying about me? Oh, man, they're talking about me. Oh, this is not good. Oh, i got to go back on the call. Like, I wasn't expecting that. That's In seven years that I've been on radio, eight years, whatever it is, that's the first time that's happened like that.
0: That's what I'm trying to say. I have not run across a story like this. This is why we're still on the air. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. Yeah, look, my time I love it to, to give her a
1: piece of uh, of you know my heart here so I have no hate towards you so no. uh, it, it was no, there's nothing it's personal funny. between you and us look you can you be and I. empathy
3: you can I have empathy you want for to people. talk to her I want to find more out about that I think there's something just to
0: it want to talk to you that's the problem is she just yeah. wants to talk at you and right. that is the problem is that we try no, to, to, well, to, I, to... It didn't work out. I know I that's know the I'm way
3: it worked out tonight for you, Jesse. But I don't think she, like she, that. She's like frog, all frog, the frog, time. frog, but frog, then, frog. The first frog, time I, I, pre- I, I tried to she, contact what, her. The first time I tried to contact her, she blew me off, totally. Guys, so. guys, guys,
1: guys, I had her on the network here. Yeah. I produced for her. <laughs> this is a night. This is a weekly thing where when I produced for her. It was very difficult to get through the shows with her because of, you know, the, her rhetoric and how everything's about her story. Even when she would have guests on, she would twist it back into her story. And she, she didn't know how to pre- conduct a proper interview, for one.
0: Um, second of all, yeah, uh, she's don't very deceptive. Go there, Jackal. I don't want to go there. I don't want to sit here and bash somebody else when Well, I just got upset about the fact that we might be slandering or liable. Well, not, uh, here's, here's the thing. This is this is a, a fact for
1: me because I lived it through this. But I'm just saying, I'm not trying to bash her, but I'm just being honest. When, when she was on the network, that what you got tonight was almost on a nightly basis minus the anger.
0: No, well, I think Rich is right. He wrote something in the chat room, and I wish he had called in because he was the guy I needed tonight, you know, um, is uh, he said she filibusted, and she did. She's <laughs> an agenda. She has an agenda, and I get it. But you know what? You're not gonna you're not gonna take over my radio show and tell me how to do it, and then tell me that you wasted hours of your of your time that you so beautifully gave me.
1: Here, uh, uh, Rich,
0: I will finish uh, that.
3: There, there. You know, I've, I, if that's the way you you think about the guests, then you always have somebody else lined up, and you hit the hang up button, and you call somebody else. Well, and talk apparently, to
0: them. you can't hit the hang up button as 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 uh, as you just saw, Wise Frog. So uh, that's <laughs> something we're gonna have to maybe give me <laughs> access to. I decide to let somebody go early. Hey, with that being said, I'm wrapping it up, guys. Uh, for everybody listening out there, I hope you enjoyed tonight's program. I sure did. Uh, it. He's going to be a curveball left and right in this subject. you got to have strong bones. you got to be resilient. And you have to ask tough questions. Yep. And that's always the way the show will be. For everybody listening, this is You For Not Radio, Jesse Randolph, Angela Espino, Danny, doing the production. We thank you. The Honorable, take care. We hope you're doing well. For everybody listening, we'll see you next Monday night. Take care.